Hello and welcome to the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan. Episode 51 is proudly sponsored by our friends at Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter with Betfair. As always, I'm teaming up with the Perth racing guru, Terry Layton, and joining us atop the 1900 bar at Ascot Racecourse is one of the hottest hoops in town, Brad Parnham. G'day, Terry, and welcome, Brad. G'day, boys. Um, Thanks for having me. Lovely to have you on, Brad. Uh, very excited to have one of the hottest hoops. Are you talking about um, aesthetically or, or form-wise, BJ? You should get those men for all seasons, like a jockey's calendar. Remember the footballers had the calendar? Do, yeah. That would be good. Oh, well, I never actually bought one myself, BJ. But uh, no, he is, uh, he is a man in form and uh, a tremendous book of rides on Saturday. So a great week to have you on and thanks for joining us, Brad. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm surprised the first question wasn't regarding Wok and Tanker. We're getting there, don't worry. Hey. Yeah, it's, it's in the tent for Terry, don't worry, it's uh, it's ready to go. Okay, so um, yeah, so yeah, as Terry mentioned, Brad is uh, the man to follow at the moment in West Australian races, particularly at Ascot Racecourse. So if you have been betting smart, as we alluded to in the intro, Terry, you would have been cleaning up with our guest. Another double yesterday, a double last Saturday. He's flying. I actually did some um, data. I, d- I didn't write it down, but I went onto the uh, – I think Brad's ROI this season, um, this is just taking SP, which doesn't take into account Betfair SP, which would probably be 10 15% higher. Uh, I think you're making 40% of your money if you're following Brad's mounts to a, a direct – so definitely the man to follow at the moment, Brad. What's been the the? Are we, are we talking to Brad yet? Yeah, are we gonna, quick, are we gonna start? Yeah, we're going to get into a, that. Okay, just a quick chat. Just quick chat. BJ gets upset when I go off the run sheet, so I thought I better uh, <laughs> make sure it's okay with the boss. Uh, what's been the secret to success in the last uh, few months? You were telling us off air that it was about sacking your manager, and um, <laughs> that's that's. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's going to be happy to hear that. Isn't it? No, just joking, Adam. Um, yeah, we're just joking, Adam. Um, no, I just. Obviously, I think I ride Ascot better than any other track that I ride at. And, um, yeah, it's just been about getting on the right horses and and riding with confidence too. So mm-hmm. everything seems to be working out well for me at the moment. And, uh, yeah, while I continue to get good rides, I think I'll continue to ride winners. So, yeah, I think, I think you're on the money there, Brad. Your Ascot stats mm-hmm. so far – this season, you've for 61 rides, 13 winners, and 13 place getters. So you're running Jeez. at 21.3% at Ascot. So, um, so yeah, you obviously your 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 home track, I suppose, track you grew up on. Um, yeah. It's um and yeah, and just it's a good time to be in form, isn't it? It is. Yeah, obviously all the big races coming up. So yeah, I've I've got some nice rides going those races as well. So uh, yeah, definitely good time to be riding winners. So you weaved some magic aboard Kalaroo uh, last Saturday in the Faritha Stakes. That was the second leg of a – no, the first leg of a winning double and then you won on Elite Street in the last. So yes. you obviously drove Kalaroo through up, up along the fence and got up in the final stride but but then you rode a real class animal in the last in you. It was a, quite a arrogant display and a very confident ride. Yeah, yeah. He's a pretty smart horse, that horse. So um, he's – I know he's going to the winner bottom next start. If he gets a run, he's, oh, he's yeah. going that way. And he's not going to be out of place in that race, even though it's a massive step up for him. He uh, he feels like a class animal. So, you know, obviously at the moment I'm riding Indian Pacific um, on Saturday and, and most likely unless something goes wrong, I'll be riding him in the winter bottom. So it's a shame that I wouldn't be riding Elite Street. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely, like I say, he's not going to be out of place. He's a good horse. So correct me if I'm wrong. 
that everything just fell into place with Elite Street last Saturday. You landed in a really good spot. The speed was was spot on for you, and you sort of just ambled up to him. Did you have much left in the tank? It felt like you, there was a bit bit more to give, and you were sort of a bit kind to him late. What yeah. You, yes yeah, or no? That, that's a fair assessment. I I felt like I had more left in the tank. Yeah. Um, I I knew I had the leaders covered, and I was just sort of making sure. I know I know um, Chris was on one of Bob's in the race who I thought might make a run at me, which obviously didn't. But, yeah, I I kept a bit in hand and made sure I didn't let him go too quickly just, just so that if I had a challenge late, I had something up my sleeve. So it was a good win. Yeah, he's a lovely horse in the making, isn't he? Well, it's interesting with the qualifications. So I went through and did the sort of a winter bottom market um, and sort of a winter bottom, a likely field for the winter bottom just to assess any value in the futures because everything I do is revolves around punting, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> and Elite Street's an 82 rater at the moment. Um, there's 12... Oh, there's 11 definites, I think, are going. Trekking, Stageman, Indian Pacific, Valor Road, Vital Silver, Rock Magic, Malibu Style, Durandale, Flower of War, Essential Spice, Flirtini. Uh, Laver Rod's a big chance of dropping back as number 12. Now uh, You've got Multiverse as an 87 Raider. You've got Celebrity Queen as an 83, so one point ahead of Elite Street. Um, Celebrity Queen we'll talk about later. There isn't a huge amount else there, so I reckon Elite Street gets a run. And if not, I think Elite Street would get balloted in over Multiverse. Um, probably not, wouldn't get balloted in over Celebrity Queen, um, but should get balloted in over Multiverse. So I think Elite Street will go that way, but uh, geez, you'd love that to be a handicap, not wait for age, wouldn't you? Mm, riding engagement will be interesting. Mm. Um, de- obviously, depending on how Indian Pacific goes this Saturday, I'm gathering. Yeah, yeah. obviously, we'll assess how he pulls up and, and things like that, but. Uh, yeah, and obviously I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. He'd probably like to get Chris if I couldn't ride it, but mm. I don't know if Chris is booked with Bob. I'm not really sure. So Kalaru won the Faritha, which is the traditional lead up to the WA Guineas. Depending on what happens in the Champion Phillies on Saturday, or are you already booked to ride Kalaru in the in the Guineas? Um, no, I'm not booked to ride him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it obviously will depend on what happens Saturday if uh, Kiss on all four cheeks comes out and wins really yep. well or runs a super race and uh, definitely heads to the guineas, then I'll have the option to ride her. But, yeah, I'm not I'm not really 100% sure if she is going to the guineas. I think – Kingston Town. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. well, Danny sort of has – I know he's got it in the back of his mind that if both his fillies run really well in the um, champion fillies that he, he will look towards the Kingston Town. It's, mm-hmm. There's no definite plans yet, but – it's definitely on the radar. Yeah. What weight are you at I the moment? Ask, yeah. Uh, I, do I, do I, I ride fifty-four. Oh, no. <laughs> I ride fifty-four. It would be a stretch to get to fifty. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. It'd probably have to win really well for me to get to fifty. Feel more comfortable just taking the fifty-nine and riding platoon. And <laughs> yeah. Got a couple of Danishes. There's no steak sandwiches today. We're at Ascot. We mentioned we're at Ascot, haven't we? Yeah. Um, we're at Ascot today, so unfortunately Brad doesn't get the steak sandwich. But I have got a couple of Danishes there, but I don't know if. Uh, They'll fit in with the uh, the current diet two days before uh, <laughs> before the race, but we'll uh, we'll see how we go anyway. So it was a good day to be a Parnham last Saturday, wasn't it? We mm. had uh, Brad with a winning double, and of course, older brother Steve and father Neville. They combined for a stirring Lestia Stakes victory with the outstanding KC. It was good to see her back to her best, wasn't it, Brad? It was. Yeah, she was obviously very disappointing first up, and um, Dad did a lot of work with her in between first up run and and the Lestia and. Yeah, it was just good to see her bounce back to her best. She was It was a really good win. So, yeah, I know Dad and Steve are very happy. Mm. So, obviously, there was a bit of soul-searching after the first 
first up run what was that in the the northerly, the northerly. stakes but she did cop a pretty extreme tempo yeah, race first up off an interrupted prep and um just Neville did, did say in yeah. the in when interviewed during the week as well she wasn't 100 percent. so going into a race where they're going 15 16 lengths above benchmark and then getting gassed like that when you're not fit at the 1400 i think i think that was to be expected and and he actually said the week before um her victory on the weekend if you look at her final hundred she actually sort of came again and was coming okay on the line so um there was a few rumors floating about that she wasn't perhaps at her best or hadn't come back quite as well but they were very quickly dispelled on saturday weren't they Sure was, yeah. She gunned down Red Can Man late in yeah, pretty devastating fashion. And uh, as a result of that win, she got, um, I think she got a three-point penalty and the weights were released for the railway stakes on Monday afternoon and uh, KC was allocated 56 kilos. The joint top weights were Kementari and Material Man with 58. She got off lightly. Really? Penalty wise, well, Red Caman got the four, as you said. If you go years, years gone by, Star Exhibit was a 98 Raider. KC was a 102, but Star Exhibit got eight points from memory. And in second was Akinar Star, who was only a 93 Raider. It was great shot in third on a similar rating to Kementari. So looking at the way they penalised that win, I thought this would be a similar penalty. Maybe not as heavy, that probably because seeing as she was already a 102 Raider, but I think the three points is uh, kind, kind. Well, I think she's probably a bit stiff to have 56 in the railway myself um oh, group one winner yeah but she's she's she won that as a th- wait for age three-year-old filly um and she's won two listed races uh, at set weights or set weights and penalties in the in the autumn yeah i don't know i reckon group one group two winner yeah deserved I, you reckon yeah. i reckon she's a probably better. i haven't backed her so i'm happy with it yeah the more, the more, the more she gets the better <laughs> look i mean for me um uh, the thing is, is that Kementari was a 110 in the weight for age, which is a bit of a floating rating because it was his first start in Western Australia and it was weight for age, so it didn't really mean anything. He's effectively come back a point for, for running third. If perhaps Probably if, the run of the race just a bit. Yeah, perhaps if the handicapper leaves Kementari at 110, that it means everything else cascades down half a kilo. KC's are probably more about right, 55 and a half. Um, BJ's putting his uh, his allegiance to Steve Wolf. Yeah, I can tell you're putting your Steve Wolf hat on here and trying to get Red Can Man back down to the minimum. Well, but, uh, I, w- I will say is that Red Can Man won the Bolton Sprint, which is a winter listed feature, hundred thousand dollar race, a kilo off the limit, hot rail, and he's never has lucky gave it a ten. Hasn't won a race since, and all of a sudden he's half off the limit in a Group One million dollar railway stakes. I, maybe that is just more reflective can... of how of the quality yeah. of this year's railway. This so. isn't a Group. I mean, you, yeah, this isn't a Group One race. We're going to either truly great or true attraction which we'll discuss later are probably going to go to the race um one of those two are probably going to win if they the, win the peters the yeah. rj peters you'd suspect so i mean if if you were talking about one of those two going to a railway and probably starting reasonably well in the market um two months ago you would have said oh i don't think so i don't know if they can win a 78 plus let alone a, a, a group one so yeah it's a, it's a thin year uh it's it's a thin year no offense to brad's right platoon platoon's on the third line of betting so. i thought platoon tell us what do you think of platoon's list year run? i thought it was really really mm. good strong late yeah he was strong late yeah. um yeah i mean initially probably at the 400 i thought he might have quickened a little bit better than he did but he didn't have a great flow into the race and I suppose just carrying the 59 and you know the weight for age it didn't suit him he just and historically I've been I haven't really looked into it but I've been told by a number of people he's never really carried weight that well so back down to the 53 he should be able to sprint well over the 1600 and yeah I I think he's got a, a chance if everything goes well for him. 
He's going Th- better than last year. Third in the race last year. He's yes. going. I reckon he's going better than last year, and I think this is far weaker than last year. So, so what was the place? He was Regal Power first. Who ran second last year? Uh, very good question. Just escaped my mind, and it was Platoon third. Do you remember? I can't remember. I know Platoon ran third. Yeah, yeah I don't know who ran second. Um, so yeah, that was, and it was probably a stronger railway too, wasn't it? Mm. So in a in a way, so um, he's got to be. I think he's on the third or fourth line of betting at the moment. Platoon. Between ten and twelve dollars, perhaps. So. Well, I'll say it all. Since KC's victory, she's been absolutely smashed in betting. But have a look at the weight swing that Platoon gets on her. Have a look at the weight swing Rad Can Man gets on her. Uh, every other runner, basically, the weight swings are phenomenal. They're all sort of four and a half, five kilos, which are obviously going to equate to several lengths. So be wary about diving in. If you're keen on KC, wait till the day because the four or five bucks currently available is not the top price. So patience. One of my strengths. Okay. Uh, so quickly, before we uh, move on to our champion Phillies Stakes Day preview, have to mention Arcadia Queen. She flew the flag for Western Australia at Flemington last Saturday. And she's, yeah, once again, she stamped herself as one of the very best horses in the country with her dominant McKinnon Stakes victory minus William Pike. Terry. Best of days ran second to Regal Power Best in the railway, days. by the way. Akinar Star, Samizdat, Velvet King, Gadding Star Exhibit. They were the next few horses, so it just feels like that was a stronger railway. Going sure back to that is. conversation. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I wasn't listening to you, BJ. Arcadia Queen, <laughs> no William Pike, oh. $2 million race, yeah. Group one at Flemington, and she bolts in. Luke Curry in the saddle. Mm, yeah, no, that was uh, a fairly impressive victory. The biggest thing I took from that is it just made an inspirational girl must be an absolute moral in the railway if he's come back for that ride. So, yeah. Yeah, that was my biggest uh, take from the uh, from the race. How do you think he would have? I know Pikey doesn't really get flustered too much. Well, doesn't appear to anyway. How do you think he would have felt when she just brained him in that race on Saturday? Do you think it would have worried him too much, Brad? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it would have. <laughs> it, was a, it was a two million dollar race. Wasn't two million dollar race. Um, yeah. You know, he's probably going to have to win half the card to sort of equal that on <laughs> on railway day, but. Um, I think it would have – I mean, obviously he's going to be happy to see the horse win. He's got yeah. a great association for it and he wants their horses to do well. But, you know, probably would have annoyed him a little bit that he, he made that decision. But hopefully for his sake that he does well on railway day. Yeah. A 2016 Bob Murphy type situation, isn't it? it? Tickled, yeah. pink, tickled pink to see your Bulldogs win the flag, but you're sitting <laughs> yeah. on the bench with your uh, the knee or whatever he'd done. And you, yeah, no, there's a party that's just thinking, ah, oh, yeah, all right, this is good, but yeah, okay, righto. Gee, she was, she was good, wasn't she? They like um, kept out of trouble. She just, he couldn't hold her slow enough um, in the straight. And then when gave her a, uh, an inch of range, she just put them to the sword, Arcadia Queen. So it's going to be interesting to see what um, connections Bob and Team Williams do with her in 2021. I imagine she'll probably head back east for an Australian Cup preparation, maybe an All-Star Mile. All-Star Mile, another Cox Plate, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be um, – real, real first world problems there, isn't there? Yeah, well, that's right. But <laughs> Which group one do we aim at? What it, what it did do is, is it once again just reaffirmed to everyone that our WA horses – aren't that far off the mark, especially our really, really good ones. And you can – if you've got one that's um, that's uh, the top echelon here on the West Coast, then they can certainly measure up against the big guns over there. So I think it's given – and I think your dad has, has proven that recently yeah, as sure. well. Like it's we're, – we're not – I think there was a long time there where we had that bit of inferiority complex where we couldn't necessarily compete or we weren't good enough, but – I think that's uh, that's a bit of a furphy at the moment, anyway. So our our best are as good as as good as they are on the east coast. So, um, so yeah, just really capped off a, 
um, a very fascinating spring, which was made all the more interesting with the Cerise and White and, and Pikey and all the goings on over there. But pretty much now, all, you know, it's West Australia's time in the spotlight, isn't it? The Masters uh, begin next week, Terry, with mm-hmm. uh, uh, Railway Stakes Day, and we've got a bumper Railway Stakes one-year anniversary edition of the 1-1. We do. We will have uh, a four, the first four-man podcast uh, next week. We were looking at trying to do something live, but tech technologically and just uh look it was just too hard we chucked it in the too hard basket but we will be joined by daniel cripps and uh pete and <laughs> always middle his last name pistol pete who's back from melbourne so um looking forward to having uh two of the sharpest minds in uh in wa racing join us for what will be i think what we'll do there is as well it'll just be basically straight into it um and absolutely do the deep dive on the nine or ten races on the card for uh, for railway stakes day so um very excited about that and yeah don't don't miss next week <laughs> Yeah, and uh, to celebrate our one year, did you put an did order in for some a birthday um, cake? Or I think we should. Yeah, we, we need should. a little birthday cake. We should one candle. We um, did we order some merchandise? Oh, we the did. Week? Yeah, we got uh, we got a big stack of uh, one one pod hats on their way out. So we'll uh, we've got one for actually we've got one for Brad here. Yeah, I was going to wait, wait to the end of the show, but that's not the truckers' no, one. No, we're going to get, we're gonna get we'll him, him a proper yeah, one. Yeah, we'll get you a proper right. one as yep. well. We'll get you a proper one. But there's a there's a starting one for Brad. But Thanks, um, yeah, there's plenty of uh, plenty of merch on its way from Mecca Sports. Junilup's number one sporting apparel apparel provider. Yeah, yeah. Gee, they're good at Mecca. Oh, aren't they? The best. Mm. Um, he needs the caps to hide his bald dome as well. <laughs> yeah, I can't say much. <laughs> Brad Parnham, it's great to have you on the one-one, and uh, I guess we we owe a bit of a debt of gratitude to Brad and Ryan Hill. They uh, they paved, paved the way, the way. Yep. Uh, with their original WA Racing podcast from the jockey's mouth. So welcome aboard, mate. And um, yeah. I think I think the listeners would probably like to get to know Brad a little bit better. Terry, what do you think? Let's do it. So basically, WA Racing royalty in a way. Tell us a bit, a little bit about your family tree, because I don't know whether all the listeners will be completely across the the setup. So you've got two brothers, obviously, older brother Stephen, yeah. top jockey, uh, younger brother Chris, another top jockey, father Neville, top trainer, and um, and uh, your mother Carolyn is uh, the daughter of Graham Webster Senior, who was a champion jockey and trainer. Yeah. And I think it goes even further back through um, through your, your grandmother, Maureen, is that right? Was her, yeah, her, Maureen, yeah. yeah her uh, father, Ted McAuliffe, was Ted it? Ted McAuliffe, yeah. and he was, yeah, he was a top trainer for many years, yeah. So how how does it how does how does it feel to be to like obviously you didn't really stand much of a chance to to um to I guess forge a career in West Australian racing was there ever anything else on the table? Um, no, not when I was growing up. Yeah. I, I always wanted to be a jockey, um, and I was always quite small as well. So it was just natural for me to want to make that progression. And um, yeah, it's just I've always been coming to the races since I was a kid. So I got involved. Pretty much when I turned 15 on my 15th birthday, I think I signed up. So, um, yeah, it was just always going to happen for me. How far into schooling did you get? When did you When did you leave school? I left in year 10. At the end of year 10. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I sort of I started my apprenticeship halfway through year 10, and just I missed pretty much the second half. But um, yeah, officially I finished year 10. But whereas Steve was a little bit more dedicated than me, he had the brains, so he finished year 12 and he he ended up going to uni for a little bit as well but I was just um I was never really keen on schools I was always just keen to get out there and ride so the blinkers were on yeah that's it <laughs> so what's your what's your 
progression been like as a rider? Do you do you, do you feel like obviously you had a bit of a leg up? Your dad was a jockey as well, Neville, before he became yeah, yeah. before he became a trainer, and you've obviously you've grown up in stable life, and your brother was a jockey and all that sort of stuff. So, what's what's it like when you first become a rider? What and the pressure on to perform, and then also you got to learn your craft at the same time. What's what what's what's it been like being being Brad Parnham from a, from being apprenticed to to an established senior rider as you are now? Yeah, I'd say when I first started, it probably was a little bit hard because, um, I, you know, I was I, I felt the pressure a fair bit and I was only a young kid at the time and I was getting good rides all the time as an apprentice and, yeah, it used to get to me when I would ride a bad race and things like that but uh, obviously just as you get older you sort of learn to deal with things like that and as you get older, the pressure, you stop worrying about the pressure and you just do your best and trust in your own ability. But, yeah, I mean, there were expectations, obviously. And, um, yeah, it probably took me a while to sort of get get over that and get through it. But, yeah, I've obviously had to go through all that to get where I am today. You yeah, hadn't ridden a bad race for about three months either, so <laughs> that makes it easy as well, doesn't it? So was there a moment when you thought, oh, hang on, like, yeah, I, I belong out here, you know, and um, this is, you know, I'm... I'm 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 quite good at my profession. Um, oh well, obviously I went leading apprentice when I was an apprentice, so yeah. um, that sort of gave me a sense that I belong riding in town um, with the seniors here, and um, yeah, but probably not until a few years, or yeah, quite a few years after I ended up winning. I won a Karakata plate and then I won a Perth Cup and I just sort of from that moment I sort of felt like, you know, I really belonged in the top bracket of WA riders and, yeah, I've, I can't complain. I've had a pretty good career so it's been good so far. So was the Karakata plate rather fortunate? Yes. Yeah, okay. So you've grown up loving West Australian racing, the Perth Cup. Your, your dad trained Luna Tudor to win a Perth Cup. Yeah. It's a big thing for anyone who's – um. Yeah, who's who's um, been a part of the industry their whole life? What was it like winning the 2011 Perth Cup on Guest Swing for uh, Shane Edwards? Yeah, it was just a special moment, really, mm. because uh, I, I vividly remember the day when Luna Tudor won. We we're all here. I was, I was probably 12 years old, I reckon, and um, it was just such a big day. And uh, I remember how excited Dad was winning that race. And Jason Brown was the job. Yes, he was, yep. and it was just such a big celebration. So. It was always, even though it's it's not a group one and it's not our richest race, it was always the race that I wanted to win most. Mm. So to actually do it, and it was very unexpected, I must say. I didn't really give myself a chance that day. So um, to actually win it was just, yeah, for me it was it was really special and, um, yeah, it was really one I wanted to tick off the list. How old were you when you won that cup? Um, January, would, January 2011. I uh, would probably be 21 or 22, yeah. So you've obviously endured the ups and downs of racing since then. Um, uh, I think you've ridden, you've ridden on the East Coast, ridden briefly in uh, Singapore? Brief, yeah, I went briefly the East Coast. Um, I was in Singapore for probably uh, – probably rode there for like four months. I had an injury there. I broke my collarbone. So I was there longer but probably about four months of riding there. And um, I went to Mauritius for a, a little stint as well. But what's what's Mauritius like? Um, it's a unique place. Yeah. I really liked it, uh, but the track is the track itself is 
pretty scary to be honest it's, <laughs> Tell us it's about like a 1300 meter round track or something and um yeah you always get knocked down tightened up and <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hectic but uh overall it was a very good experience and um one of the things that i enjoyed most out of riding there was um we, we had jockeys from south africa france um pretty much all over the world so it was just good to get an idea on different styles and yeah I, I think it really improved my riding come when i came home from there so it's been well documented that you had a pretty significant race fall um was that back in 20 2018 2018 yeah uh you had a you know well over 12 months on on the sidelines significant horrific injuries really and the, you know there was times when i i believe that you you know was put to you anyway that you should consider um other career paths yeah um just yeah for, for those of us who you know watch from the screen or watch from the grandstand like what's uh how hard's it been to overcome the deal with those injuries overcome that get back in the saddle get your confidence back get your strength back what what's the journey been like um yeah so obviously when it, the injury happened i didn't think much of it i thought it was going to be okay it was all going to be fine but so what, probably, sorry, what, what was the exact injury i broke my uh fractured my c5 vertebrae and um oh, also my hand as well but that was obviously nothing but it was always the vertebrae we, we were concerned about but um it always looked like it was just going to heal up and be fine but when the actual fracture healed up um i developed a bit of sloppiness in the between the c5 and c4 vertebrae, and um my doctor was just concerned that if i was to have another fall that it could lead to spinal injury so it was something that um yeah it was obviously very concerning um and took a lot of work a lot of rehab work to strengthen up the area around it so that it wasn't so sloppy anymore and yeah, for a good while, it looked like uh, my doctor was sort of telling me that it was probably better just to, to let it go and, and find something else to do. But I was pretty committed to getting back. And, um, yeah, I always probably had that little bit of doubt that I wasn't sure how I'd handle it mentally either. But I think once once I got the all clear from the doctor that he was satisfied that it wasn't um, sort of too high a risk anymore – and then I actually got back on the horse. That's that's when I knew I was comfortable again and it was all going to be okay. But, yeah, until I actually got back on that horse, I wasn't quite sure mentally how it would be. But, yeah, it's been been good since, so I'm very happy. Yeah, well, you're a braver man than me because I, uh, I don't think I'd get on in the first place. But after a fall like that, <laughs> to get back on and, and to, to ride like you are is, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a real credit. Did you Did you try any... Did, did you try any other professions in your time yeah, off? Yeah, <laughs> what you're, did you're, stealing me, I was you're stealing my questions. Oh, really? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> hold that, hold no, no, that. No, 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 no. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Hold that. And also, uh, well, I ran into you um, a couple of weeks ago and we are having a chat. Did you ever consider, I don't know, going to work for your dad and um, maybe becoming an assistant trainer or maybe a trainer in your own right? Yeah, it is something that I do want to do as well. Um, but... I actually, I, I probably regret not getting in, more involved while I had that time off, but um, I never actually knew from the start I was going to have 18 months off. I thought it was probably, I was told three, then I was told six months, then, yeah. So it, it was, it wasn't really like, if I knew I had 18 months, I probably would have gone straight and worked for Dad for a while and learnt a lot more, but um, 
yeah, I didn't end up doing that, but I do want to get into training when I finish riding. So um, that is something I will do. Let's be honest. So the jockey is like if it's an NFL team, the jockey's the quarterback, isn't he? Yeah. He's the star. He's the star of the show. Exactly. Like the, uh, the trainer and stuff. We, we love a good trainer. You know, we give it the credit <laughs> they deserve. But uh, yeah, the quarterback gets all the credit. <laughs> the trainer does all the work though. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, and before before we get on to the 10 with Terry, um, so coming back from such a such a um, significant injury, uh, did you have to change much about the way you, you rode? What what was it like getting your weight back down? Did you have to make any adjustments to to your to your style? And um, and and I think I read early on that you were only just sort of going to take your time building. You weren't going to be taking too many rides. You weren't going to be riding very light. And then. When was the moment when it was okay? Yeah, I'm I'm ready to go now, and I'm just going to attack for like attack mode. Yeah, so I think I might have had my first ride back in August last year. Yeah, and I I was probably about 58, 59 kilos at that stage when I decided to take rides. So I didn't ride under fifty seven for a while, and then I sort of had my minimum down to fifty six for a couple of months. But um. I think after the Kalgoorlie round and we got back to Ascot, I just started getting a bit itchy thinking oh, I really want to get right back into it. So I got my weight back down to 54 and um, then I started, yeah, I had a pretty good run around this time last year as well. I was I was getting quite a lot of winners, which sort of stopped when I got I got a suspension, which Mr. cost me Mr. about- Mr. November. Yeah. Like Dusty Martin. Yeah. <laughs> I got a suspension, which cost me about three weeks- um, so that sort of put a stop to that. But, yeah, coming into Ascot, that's just when I, it all sort of clicked for me and I decided, yeah, I've really got to get my weight right back down and, and just go full ball from there. So people would be interested to know what you, obviously your dad is one of Perth's leading trainers, has been for a long time. There's three brothers and you've, there's a whole stable of rides to go around. What is there a pecking order? Do you guys, do you, does, does your dad sort of say, this horse is yours. This horse is. How how does it all work? And and um and I guess what's your what's your I spoke, we spoke briefly off air, but what's your commitment to um part of the Parnham Racing Stables? And then how often do you get to go around to to I guess ride work for for other other trainers as well? Yeah, well, obviously, Dad's got a big stable, so he's got enough rides going around for all three of us. And and I know he always prefers us three to ride for him. Um, I would say Steve's a little bit more committed to dad not that i'm not saying dad makes him be that way or anything but i think steve sort of likes being he's there pretty much every day riding work whereas chris and i we're not where we sort of go maybe two or three times a week to ride for dad um but the way the rides work out there's no real pecking order as such it just sort of it just sort of works itself out and i don't think steve or chris or i really um go hunting for particular rides it just sort of evenly gets distributed and somehow steve always finds the good ones but anyway (laughs) (laughs) he probably deserves it because he's there a lot more than us but um he might be winning his fifth kingston town this year brad (laughs) that's the dedication that whoever gets the ride as he sort of they they keep the ride that's sort of the thing like you rode in pacific oh that's your ride now in pacific you got sort of first refusal on any in pacific for the rest of his career type thing pretty much yeah that's that's how it it's always really worked and um yeah like if i if i have to get off and steve or chris gets on one of my rides uh they're always happy to give it back we just mm-hmm. know that's how it works and um yeah there's never really any blues in the camp it's, it's so it's pretty easy going so be honest 
What's it been like um, not having Pikey in the jocks room? It's been good, really. <laughs> Pro- I profitable. My <laughs> bank balance suggests that. It's yeah, a- <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Pikey. He's, yeah. he's a great rider, but um, but it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot harder when he's here because he's um, he's always riding super, and he and he rides good horses. So when you have good horses plus a, a super jockey, you're gonna. It's a lot harder to win races, and um, it's been beneficial for me because Chris has been riding a lot for Bob Peters, which has freed up for me to start riding for Danny Morton and um, Simon Miller a little bit recently as well. So I've probably got a lot of winners through Chris riding for Bob, which he wouldn't have been doing if Pikey was here. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, he was always going to come back, so it's not like he was going to stay away forever, but... Um, it has been pretty good while he's been away. I saw the petition you started that Pikey should have to quarantine <laughs> six weeks rather he than should two do. weeks. I yeah. reckon he should, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so when he was he was riding on the um, over east, were, were the jocks like watching and cheering him on as you know in the yeah. in the big races over there? Like, the, yeah, for sure. We yeah. watched pretty much all these rides, yeah. um, unless you know it was sort of when we're out in a race or yep. something like that. But um, yeah, I, I, we all tuned in and, and watched him and supported him and. It was great to see him do so well over there. Um, it was good, like you say, good to see WA horses do well over there. But I, I really enjoyed seeing Pikey have so much success because I, I, I don't know, I always feel like the East Coast might sort of look down upon WA a bit. But uh, our top riders here are top riders in Australia, I feel. And um, yeah, it was just good to see him do so well. Very good. You're an Eagle supporter? Yes. I could just tell the way he sort of spoke then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I guess it's what we're all been waiting for. It's 10 with Terry, one-on-one on the 1-1. One, one. All right, we'll get through this nice and quickly. You've stolen a couple of my questions through Sorry, there, Guru. but uh, that's all right. I'll just uh, I'll deal with it. Often have to often have to deal with you. Okay, first question. Uh, Favourite horse you've ever ridden? We'll ease you into it. Uh, Bridgestone. He was Bridgestone? A, yeah, he was a horse I rode back around sort of 2008, 2009. Yeah, no, I ran second in the derby on him, but... He was just a real quirky horse, and he and I felt he was a real good horse too. Had good he wheels, just, didn't he, Bridgestone? Yeah, he just <laughs> but he had an injury which prevented him from being yeah. the best he could be. But he was definitely my favourite horse. Was he sponsored by? Uh, no, I'm going off. And who's the best horse you've ever ridden? I I've thought about this a lot, and I I don't I haven't never really ridden a real real good horse, but. I suppose recently I rode a horse like Variation. He was a good horse, yeah. so I might just say he was a good variation. horse, wasn't yeah. he? He, he was. He won the Guineas prime. here, yeah. and um, I think I ran third, maybe in the railway on him or something. Mm-hmm. So he he was a good horse. Um, we'll ask you again yeah. after the Winterbottom, and you might have a new. Yeah, I, I I don't want to say any specific yet because yeah. he hasn't quite. He hasn't even won a group race. But Tell you what, I have done a speed map for that race. I've done a speed map for the Winterbottom. <laughs> yeah. and uh, there's no other speed in the Winterbottom. It's quite incredible. So I, <laughs> have, yeah, you ma- yeah. have you mapped the Perth Cup yet? Let, let me, <laughs> I haven't let quite me know done that one yet. Yeah. Okay, come on. Uh, rah, rah, question three. Uh, there's been a rumor floating around that uh, with your recent run of hot form and Pikey over East, you've been. Um, um, telling people there's a new wizard in town. Is that true? <laughs> no, I'd never take his title. Um, okay. Yeah, no, he's the only whiz. Uh, probably the most important question on each podcast. How do you feel about pineapple on your steak sandwich? I've heard you ask this before and um, 
you're not, probably not going to like it, but I think you can keep your pineapple. Oh, <laughs> I'm not a fan. What's the what's the tally on that now? It's about two. I know Crips are a no pineapple man. I think Michael Heaton was a maybe. Yeah. Maybe a no. Yeah. Oh, dearie me. Uh, hypothetical. You're forced into hotel quarantine for two weeks. It's a small, confined space. Uh, you're forced into taking one of Steve, Chris or Neville. Who do you take? Um, oh, you're making me choose, <laughs> but I, I would take Chris for sure. Okay. Chris? Yeah, Chris yeah. and I get along really well. Okay. Uh, are we likely to see a late, lom- uh, late nomination for Whack and Tanker in the Winterbottom? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think – you know, I know he won well yesterday, but he's not that good. <laughs> uh, if you weren't a jockey, what would you be? BJ's already touched on this one briefly. Um, uh, I'd be a horse trainer, oh, yeah. horse trainer, yeah. thought so. Uh, Donald Trump or Joe Biden? Oh. Well, probably neither really, but yeah. I actually... <laughs> That's the right answer. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, as a child, my sister and I squabbled a lot uh, around who got the better Chrissy presents. When you guys go to um, <laughs> dinner, have you sit down for your Christmas lunch or Christmas dinner at the Parnham house? So, was there any complaints to Mrs. Parnham, Caroline, um, that Chris or Steve or vice versa are getting better rides and uh, Dad's not sharing the rides around fairly? <laughs> no. Like I said earlier, it all sort of gets evened out pretty e- easily, so nah. No complaints. And finally, I want to wind the clock back. BJ just mentioned this one before to the 2011 Perth Cup, uh, where you guided guest wing. This is more of a question, actually, more of a quiz question. Uh, where you guided guest wing to victory uh, at about a million to one. <laughs> um, firstly, how on earth did you manage that? And secondly, do you know which track uh, guest wing won his next outing at? Oh, um, I don't, well, to be honest, I don't know how it went on it. He just he peaked on the day, and it was it was quite a fluke, really. But uh, in answer to where did he win his next race, I've got no idea. But I do know that many many years later, I ended up winning a race on him in Albany. So you did? Yeah, yeah. I did. Really? Um, it might have been Alan like and Matt. yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. Might have been about five or six years later, but might have been a few trainers later as well. Yeah. I yeah. Think. It was actually Yalgu. Yalgu. his next win. Did you win the Yalgu Cup? Wow. Uh, I, think, I hope it was the Yalgu Cup. I'm hoping he wasn't in a ratings race at Yalgu. So that's it. Thanks very much, Brad. Thanks for having me. 10 with Terry, another one. Uh, done and dusted. And um, I guess we better move on to Champion Philly's Stakes Day. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview WA Champion Philly Stakes Day. We're recording the 1 1, your West Australian racing podcast, at 11 30 a.m. on Thursday, the 12th of November. Racing at Bunbury this afternoon. We're about to work through Ascot's nine race program on Saturday. Geraldton are also racing on Saturday, and the weekend finishes in the Great Southern Guru with the first Albany meeting of the season. So, do you love the Great Southern? You do. You're not getting down there to Albany? Well, how, how's uh, it work for you in regards to those tracks? You, oh, we rarely see you make an appearance. Is it just if there's a big book or? Um, yeah, I might go sort of if there's horses worth going mm-hmm. for. Um, somewhere like Albany, I might wait till after the carnival and then I might head there a bit, but I probably don't want to really. Jet or how do they? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I usually just Parna- drive. Parnamere at school. Parnamere. Oh, dear. Um, so, yeah, <clears throat> but you did do Albany a couple of seasons ago, didn't you? Um, yeah, before my injury, I yeah. did. Yeah, I um, when I came back from Singapore, I was sort of going everywhere. I was going Geraldton, uh, Albany. I just really wanted to ride as many winners as I can and, and get into it. And, yeah, it was good while I was there. Very good. 
Terry. Okay, stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind Competition and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes. BJ. Yes, and we are teaming up with Market City Meets for a Group 1 meat package promotion. Spend $50 or more at Market City Meets. Send us a copy of your receipt via direct message at the 1-1-Pod on Twitter and you will be in contention for a magnificent meat package valued over $200. The draw will be conducted on next week's Railway Stakes edition of the podcast. Multiple entries are allowed, so the more times you catch up with Timmy Hewitt at the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, the more chances you have to win. Good stuff, BJ. Make sure uh, you're also getting down to the Mundaring Hotel and the and Market City Meet. Support our sponsors. Been with us since the start. So one year anniversary. It's not just for us. It's for them as well. And uh, tremendous uh, supporters and sponsors of the show, BJ. So uh, get down there at any any chance you get and grab some meat or a frothy and have a flutter at the Mundaring. Absolutely. So if you would like to read my pre-markets preview, the leg up, Jump on to bestbets.com.au and or the Oz Race website. The leg up's been out since 7 a.m. this morning, while two of the very best operators in the business, Terry the Guru Layton and Daniel Cripps, combined forces for the Wild West video preview, which will be available on the Betfair Hub tomorrow morning. That's betfair.com.au. Uh, also, don't forget to download Betfair's new mobile app uh, available for iOS and Android users. Be sure to sharpen your edge with the latest from Betfair. Um, and we've also got a new Betfair competition, which will be in play throughout the Masters, I think is going to be the plan. So Betfair are going to give out a – how much do they denote? It's a big uh, It's a big pack. Yeah, summer. it's their, it's their bumper summer merchandise I pack. I got one not long ago. And there's, there's, three, um, there's three to give away. There's a bit happening in there, sunny, mm. short socks. It's actually it's, – it'd be several hundred bucks where the stuff going on there. So I think the competition will be in on the feature race for the next three weeks, so Railway, Winterbottom, Kingston, where we'll do winner, and instead of margin, it'll be winner and uh, Betfair SP, um, and then – First, uh, closest nearest to the, the pin. pin, nearest yeah. to the pin, will uh, win the pack. We'll still be doing the um, the, the get out stakes as well. So it's just competitions galore at G- the moment, isn't it, BJ? Just giving away, giving mm. away everything. So yeah, more information will be on our on our Twitter feed as well. Just giving everyone the uh, some information on how you can enter that beginning next week. So it'll be the three Group One races coming up. Summer merchandise pack from Betfair to give away, and uh, and also the One One Pod. Terry, where can we find it? Uh, it's available, BJ, on all Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Platforms. <laughs> Still got some of that Danish stuck in me. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review. Let's get into it. Let's get cracking. So it's uh, Saturday, the 14th of November, mm. WA Champion Philly Stakes Day at Ascot. The rail is out in the nine meter position. Uh, it's, well, it's still on the deck at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Just looking out over the surface, it's uh, it's still on the deck. He's just, yeah, that poor lad. I've just been watching him. He actually has to go up in every single. Uh, well, pole. He has to jump on each each pole to um to get it firm in the ground. There's no uh, there's no tool for him to utilise. So he's gone the whole way down there and watching the whole time. Then again, Gee, there's a few pegs to knock at him. At least he's not doing it tomorrow though. Yeah. So when uh, when we sat down to do the form, well, when I sat down to do the form, I was looking at a little bit of rain Friday, somewhere from sort of three to five, and then a tiny bit Saturday, one to two or three, and it's now eight to fifteen Friday. And uh, and three to to six on um, on Saturday. This is and, mill, yeah. And there will be a strong headwind uh, on Saturday as well, coming down the back straight. So 
uh, excuse me, you'd be expecting it to favour um, those with some cover. Um, but, geez, yeah, a bit of rain at this time of the year. It's a bit unusual. We had a soft track uh, at Ascot yesterday, Brad. What did, what did you make of how soft was it? Um, how rain affected was it, I suppose? And what are you, what are you anticipating for Saturday? Um, yeah, it was, obviously was upgraded from a soft six to a soft five yesterday. And um, I thought that was probably a fair fair rating of the track. Um, felt like it wasn't quite as soft as what it was on Melbourne Cup day. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how Saturday's going to be. I, I think rain probably doesn't really help me, but I can't really control that. So we'll see how we go. You walk the track, yeah? Yeah, I'll, I'll walk the track most times before I ride, especially on a on a Saturday or yep. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, how how many? What's what percentage of jockeys walk the track these days? Do you think is it like a? Does everyone get out there and have a look around? It's um, not everyone. Yeah. I would say mostly the younger jockeys. Really, it's yep. sort of something that didn't wasn't really caught on to the older jockeys. Um, but yeah, Chris sort of he always walks the track. Chris Parnham, um, he since he come back from Melbourne, that's something they do over there every meeting. And um, yeah, I'd say like your jockeys like Joey and Mitchell and. Jade and all them, they all, they all walk the track as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, well, it's going to be interesting to see what the uh, what the weather throws up, Terry. Mm. And um, yeah, unusual for this time of the year. Yeah, as always. Well, I think there's even plus. I think there's even some rain. Long term forecast, there's even some rain scheduled for Railway Stakes Week oh, in the lead up too. Don't tell me that. So um, yeah, hopefully um, that blows past and um, yeah, we can have a nice fine start to the Masters. Yep. All right. Well, let's get into it. The rail is at the nine meter pad, uh, keeping the three meter pad, I presume, for Railway Stakes Day nice and fresh. We kick off with a 1400 meter, the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Series. Bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Heat three uh, over the 1400 meters. Brad, you're riding Morgs Freeman here. We'll ask you about your ride first of all, huh? Yeah, I I think he will go well. I, I was hoping to draw better. I was hoping that if we drew inside four, I could just sort of posse up just behind the speed and, and not really do any work, but I might have to get a little bit further back than I want to. Mm-hmm. But uh, if he does get a good drag into the race, I think he'll be finishing off well. Yeah, it looks a horse that the 1,400 metres might be right. I didn't think you could have ridden him um, any better last start. over the. I think it was over the 12. So, yeah, yeah the query for me is over the 1,400, um, how he goes, because you're probably going to have to – get a little bit further back as well and, and how that plays. But um, look, this is a not a not a race I'm overly enthused about, BJ, to, to kick off the card. Two runners have come up above my quote, though. Um, Porfirio. This was one they asked for extended noms, Beach, I think. Oh, really? I think so. Okay. So I'm only worried with Porfirio is this wasn't really a plan and it maybe isn't uh, completely. Don't quote me on that, by the way, because I'm not certain on that. But um, the other one was Glamour Packed. It was 17 bucks across the agencies this morning. It's into nine now, so less enthused probably at that price. But I've marked those two on top. Uh, I ran out of patience with Lace Vinsky, to be honest with you, and just, just naturally probably marked um, Lace Vinsky a little bit longer than I should. But uh, Porfirio 11s and Glamour Packed around the $10 mark. Back both of those for a win only, five to one. Either of them winning, that's me, Beach. Yeah, I like Porfirio as well. Thought she emerged into quite a handy mare last preparation and she was probably a bit stiff not to actually have a better record mm. than what she, she won two, I think. Eight starts, seven top three finishes. 
uh, two of those um, placings were in graduation company in um, at one at Ascot and one at Belmont. And Went all, well on rain affected too. Yeah, all the former. I, I like Mitchell Pateman riding for the Pope stable, uh, hoping she can land midfield and not probably three, four, five behind her in transit. Um, this is going to be an interesting watch to see how the, the track plays as well because Lace Vinsky is uh, well fancy. He'll be up on top of the speed with our man Rail Romoli on board. And uh, claiming- I don't think they if they let if you think they were going to lead, he'd be somewhat keen. But I, I think that Scooter's Machine and, and Malarab, Malarab might yeah. have the the speed to cross. Lace doesn't seem to be jumping all that no, well. Lace Vinsky. Interesting to see how he goes with the blinkers added to Lace Vinsky. Whether that sharpens him up a touch. Um, and Lactar is doing a good job at the moment, isn't he? So is he apprentice to your yeah. dad? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, both the Mauritian boys are. And yeah, they're they're actually riding a lot of winners lately. Yeah. So it's good to see. Kesh is riding a stack of them, especially when he gets them over the speed. He's a really aggressive jockey, I found, just on the turn. He likes to – and I like that with um, the obviously the ones that have the claim because you can use that weight and sort of try and steal a race to some degree. So, um, yeah. yeah, they're both riding super. When, um, when I saw uh, Lacta drive Midnight Blue up mm. along the fence, all I could think of was Terry's passionate rail rider. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a genuine thing. If yeah. you ever get a hot rail, like a few weeks ago we saw it in Northern, I think when Brad um, – I don't think when you won the Northern Cup by about, I don't think you could see the second horse. You Dance music. Front by the yeah. end of it. But that rail was just absolutely red hot. And it's no it's no um, fluke that Lactar rode near, two near $10 winners mm. up along that rail that day because that's how he rides. He... He's gonna he's gonna upset you as a rider a bit as a punter I think because he's gonna ride for luck and he's gonna find trouble but he's also gonna win a lot more races than he would have otherwise lost by coming around the field so I like the fact um, that he sticks at it too he's hundred percent not un, unfazed mm-hmm. by just uh, yep. you know even if he's riding the he's I, the most it, a patient apprentice I've ever seen even if he's wearing the cerise and white he's just very very patient Brody so. Kirby was very patient actually yep. as well but yep. Lactar is easily the most patient apprentice I've uh, I've ever seen and it's uh, it's really good to to watch so just wrapping this race up in a bow I, yes. I, I like Perfurio each way. Obviously, everyone would have black booked Western Rhythm. I think black he was uh, she was one of our horses to follow on last week's podcast. Uh, the gate means that she's uh, going to get back ish worse than midfield for Benny Banjo Patterson. So, but uh, it's just a pricing for me. Pricing, yeah. I, I really like Western Rhythm as a horse. Yeah, probably waiting for Pikey to come back and hop back on or, or whatnot. But um, yeah, it's, it's a pricing for me with Western Rhythm. Sure. So yeah, for me, I'm Perfirio each way. Western Rhythm, obviously hard to beat. Lace Vinsky. I think there's a lot of people who will be giving him one more chance with the blinkers on, trusting Simon A to to uh, sharpen sharpen him up. But um, other than that, I thought Malarab was a really good maiden winner the other day, but there's there's a heap of other horses we could run through, including mm. Brad's ride and um and and others. But yeah, Perfirio, a little bit of each way spec for me in the first. Yeah, I'm with you, and uh, something glamour packed as well. Race two is the Amelia Park handicap, 1200 meters, special conditions race. I tell you what, there's there's some tough going on this program, isn't there? There's some real open, wide open races. There's a lot of differing form lines. There's there's a bit happening uh, on this Champion Philly Stakes Day card, and I have I. You know, like the market makers were doing a top job to to get this all all their ducks in a row here, Terry. But um, well, the markets are coming up for the features at about one o'clock yesterday. The race book only came out at well, about the same time. So yeah, it's, it's rare that uh, I haven't done a market before the markets come up, but they beat me on a couple of them yesterday. So. Gee whiz. Um, yeah, this is a, a very uh, interesting race. I'm going to keep it nice and simple here, BJ. I think there's one horse that's um, yet to really uh, peak and show um, 
show uh, his best, and that's home in five. Um, was super winning a maiden um, for Kira Yules, then held up the entirety behind Slayer on the wrong part of the track, but didn't matter what part of the track uh, he was on that day because, as I said, he was in a wall of traffic. That was post a little setback as well, so I don't know if he would have won that day either. Um, but then he came out at uh, Bunbury, and winning a class one at Bunbury, you wouldn't get overly excited about that but he carried 60 kilos against a horse like early queen with 53 and jake star with 54 55 two really well utilized claims um for those two horses and geez and and he was still backed off the map um that was a strong win that was, was a, a really super strong, strong win. win i think that was way better than a class one that that race those top all the top three horses in that race would have been wouldn't have been out of place um on a saturday so look I, we're gonna need some luck uh with from barrier one i think there's a chance we end up three back the fence possibly leaders back leaders back um it depends if tramontane gets crossed because tramontane will lead and if tramontane because there's a fair bit of speed in this race if tramontane ends up getting cross which by, i hope by who by taj marley potentially taj marley mm. recharger comes across bo zoom with a bit of aggression peppy jack yeah um but tramontane should lead and if kira finds room and gets out at the right time i just think with 56 and a half in a 60 plus i think this is really 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 nice placement four dollars 40 i've actually marked home in five starting with a two Oof. so um that's yeah, a gary is at the price it's a gary yeah it's a, it's a gary get on it's uh <laughs> it's one of my uh it's one of the better bets on the card for me bj yeah well the the time that they because jake star was absolutely flying out in front there at bunbury on melbourne cup day and jason brown home in five was one of his four uh four winners mm. on the day and stalked that searing tempo um early queen challenged but home and five fended even with the seven kilo difference is what terry and it was a bit of class on display there i like the fact that he was able to sit on top of that hot speed and still be strong late time was there did it with 60 kgs as well uh coming back three and a half kilos from gate one kiri you're right gate one can sometimes be a bit of a bit of a poison chalice but um hopefully not on this occasion so i'm in alignment with you again guru um mm. home in five i thought schoolhouse rock was impressive the other day penny's sort of dropped for brave dream two in a row but the horse i wanted to ask brad about was a horse called bo zoom now he was a part of your dad's um sort of victorian sat satellite stable yeah. in, in a way so he came and then he's come back to perth uh, after um being gelded and he he won first up a maiden, then he's run, just got beaten second up on Melbourne Cup day at Ascot. What is the what is the situation with with your dad's sort of Victorian or Melbourne Melbourne setup? Is that going to continue this season, or is he? Um, I see Malibu Styles back here, Bo Zooms back here. Are there any horses over there at the moment? No, not at the moment, and that was purely just because of COVID. COVID, yeah. Um, I suppose you know if, if things start to go back to when they start to go back to normal, he'll probably look to send horses over there again, but. Uh, he didn't want to have anyone over there and um, sort of be stuck or anything like that. So he just bought – I think he had three over there at the time. He bought them all back and just decided to run them here. Mm -hmm. Very good. So he um, – so this horse is, is uh, got some ability. He's uh, jumping from 12, though, on sad day. So Chrissy Parnham is going to have to um, weave some magic to um, to slot in or – can he can he get outside leader? Or is he, <coughs> I, don't think to, he gets, I think I think he burn. can slot in, find cover on speed. It's a bit similar to the ride we were talking before about um, Snickerdoodle Dandy and kissing all four cheeks, and we'll get to that later. But while Bozoom might look disappointing on the surface, getting grabbed by a horse um, right down the outside on Melbourne Cup Day, it was almost 
better being close to that outside fence on Melbourne Cup Day and, and it was worth a length or two. So um, I think you can give Bozoom some forgiveness in that, but it's going to need a serious steer and that's the reason I've pushed him uh, out in my market um, longer than I otherwise would have had. So, yeah, I'm sticking with the scope horse. Home in five? Yeah. Me too. All righty. Race three, the Tony Favazzo, 30 years at Perth Racing. Congratulations, Tony. Uh, that's a significant service to the WATC. This is 1,000 metres, ratings 66 plus. Now, this horse, uh, Brad's ride in this particular race, Express Time, geez, it bolted in on Melbourne Cup Day. Jeez, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't too happy at the time. That was, uh, that was a genuine steer. So that was that rail we were talking about where it was absolute quicksand on the fence. It, it's drawn one. It was the horse I liked initially. It's the one I wanted to be on. Yeah. And I thought, he's drawn one. He's, he's absolutely no hope here. And the field's opened up. And as we were speaking about before, you've, you've got to ride to conditions. And I don't want to pump your tyres up too much here, but you rode that to conditions like oh, you couldn't have ridden that any better. And uh, I think you probably knew at the top of the straight, oh, this, is, uh, this might be over by a way here. So um, a horse with a bit of scope, though. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty keen to ride this horse. I mm. think, um, like you say, I was probably a bit negative about my chances on Cup Day because I'd drawn one. But mm. like you say, when the field opened up, I was able to sort of get out to the middle of the track in the straight, and um, yeah, she, she won very well. So. I think she probably enjoyed the soft track as well. She hasn't probably got the best of knees. So um, if it's a soft track here, it should play to her favour again. Yeah, well, the thing is this race will be heavily dominated by two horses and that's Resort Man and E-Always. Uh, understandably, I... I'd say they're the best two horses in this race. But, I mean, over the 1,000 metres, they're both likely to be well, – he always definitely will resort, man. I suspect they'll ride cold and look to um, follow the blueprint from um, from the maiden victory at Bunbury. Um, so the one thing you'll have on those two horses is field position because Express Time does have good gate speed. Yeah, for sure. That's sort of how I looked at it. Um, obviously, he always goes back anyway, but mm -hmm. resort, man, would either be – I would think it would either be three deep without cover or it has to sort of go back a little bit further. So yep. I should have that little advantage on them and, um, yeah, if I can sort of let rip at the top of the straight and it, they'll have to obviously run good races to catch me. Exactly right. Well, you said that, that Zeeb was, was drawn sort of two inside you. Yep. He's, he's the likely leader, you'd suspect, yep. Terry. Yep. So you can come across with um, come across as Zeeb, and I guess you can make the choice whether there's a bit of speed drawn outside. You can either sort of hand up to one of them and land in the one-one, or you can just breeze from there over the thousand meters. It's yeah, probably exactly. a nice spot to be in. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, like you say, I'll, I'll um, just ride to keep my horse comfortable, and if mm -hmm. they go real quick, I'll have cover. If not, I won't. Yeah. So. Uh, there's yeah, plenty of speed engaged. Again, the um, the track's going to be a factor with Resort Man. Does he go forward or back? Uh, the blinkers go on. E always coming back from. You uh, can't go forward on Resort Man. They're, no, I think no. it's a pretty astute stable and astute yeah. setup there. I think they'll look at that, and even if it means potentially not winning the race, I think the plan with Resort Man at worst would be a spot midfield, look for cover in a in a line. Um, but yeah, I don't think they'd be trying to attack for the front because they wouldn't be able to get there. Because yeah, so Mum's my hero, interesting runner, South Australian import, trialed really well. He's got quite a fast horse actually, got a really good record over there. Um, it, uh, he'll, he'll be going forward for Lactar Romoli, I imagine. Uh, others with a bit of speed, uh, why not probably just camps just off him. Boss Taurus has got speed, comes a time, has been has been going forward in 1,200 metre races. So there's a bit bit going on up top there, Terry. Yeah. So the tempo should be um, genuine at least. Um, but yeah, it's 
most people will be tossing up between Eeyore Ways, who the Blinkers and Chris Parnham go on after his Prince of Wales Stakes Wait for Age performance. Do they miss a trick not running Eeyore Ways in the Colonel Reeves? <laughs> 54 and a half after running such a big race at Wait for Age. I, I reckon they could have won the race just about. I know I was the biggest knock for it last start running at Wait for Age conditions, but... Um, Gee whiz, it was it was super, wasn't it? It hit the line. Its final hundred was better than Stage Man carrying the same weight. I mean, that's it's interesting that they had a telling. had a double in that feature in the, race, in and, an then they, and then they race. And then yeah. come back a peg. It's like, well, yeah. sort of, you might as well after he ran so well, you might as well keep pushing forward. So, um, but regardless, he's um, he's a horse with serious closing Blinkers speed. On first time Bl- too. Yeah, so that it's might just sharpen him up. Mm. And he's the obvious, isn't he? With yeah. that with that peak performance coming out of. Um, the Valor Road race, and a lot of those horses will be featured in the in our Colonel Reeve Stakes preview. Horses that he finished uh, basically alongside of, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, I mean for me, I I, I think um, Chris Parnham rides this horse. Well, he's ridden this horse well in the past. Uh, a bit of cover, saved up for one run at him. I think he can steamroll him. Yeah, look, I'm not going to dive in at the two dollars ninety um, about a horse that's going to be back last over a thousand. But I'm with BJ. I think it's the one you've got to have on top. Resort Man's got the tactical speed to probably sit closer in the run. Um, I think if, if either of those two aren't winning, and and when you you can't rely on it at two dollars ninety and three dollars fifty um, for two back markers over a thousand, the the obvious obviously you, you're probably not. Um, it's probably not the worst thing in the world to look at a horse on speed, and that and that would be Brad's ride. But at six six dollars fifty, I don't think the value is necessarily there. I think this market's basically bang on where it should be. There's so. been a bit of money for Express Time this morning, understandably yeah, too. Okay. Understandably, there'll always be people happy to take on back markers over a thousand meters. So um, yeah, unless this market does something different, this is a race I actually really am interested to see. Always take on Resort Man um, and, and see how Express Time goes out in front and how they how they chase him down. So I think this is um, yeah just a, a cracking race to to watch as a neutral. So you couldn't find state attorney? I know you've been sort of... No, I couldn't find, not from one. No, no. misses the kick, ends up back amongst the ruck and doesn't run the same final splits as he always is resort man. So not for me. Yeah, so as I said, mum's my hero. Interesting runner at uh, his West Australian mm. debut for, for Toddy Harvey and Lacta Ramoli. But yeah... He always um, looks uh, the horse to beat, certainly. So moving on to race number four, Terry. And Brad, it's the Crown Towers handicap, 1,400 metres, ratings 72 plus. Terry's favourite horse at the moment, Luke's Gold, uh, goes around. Caddy, uh, what was it? What was the flux the other day? It was big, wasn't it? Nah, it was, yeah, there was a little bit, of, little bit of support there, wasn't there? A little 40, bit of support. 40 bucks into 10. Uh, yeah. Don't so carry on about it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this is uh, this is another interesting race. But the the most important thing is the uh, uh, the pinup horse for the one one. Mm. Dig deep. He uh, he races second up from a spell. Blinkers going on. Senior rider Joe as a party gate four. Hang on, looks like it's all coming up Millhouse for uh, dig deep. Terry. Well, it does. It looks it looks winnable, doesn't it? Mm. Um, I've. I think I'm happy putting a line through that first up run. I was, I, to be honest, I was a little bit disappointed. The, the plan going into that race was to give him just a, a soft, not not a soft run out the back, but the plan was to not um, not extend him, circle the field type thing. And they were a little bit disappointed that we didn't just sort of save him up for one one run coming back from the fractured leg. Obviously, um, maybe would have liked to hit the line a touch better, but. He was he was nowhere near um, full fitness. Um, is so look up to the fourteen hundred meters. I still think he might be a run short fourteen hundred meters second up coming back from what he's coming back from. But from barrier four, the blinkers on. 
Lands in a nice spot. And uh, look, when you win a Karakata, you get the 20 points or the 10 kilos. It's it's pretty hard to find suitable races because um, I'm not going to say we were fortunate to win a Karakata, but we were – it was 20 points for a race that – how am I trying to say this, BJ? It was, it was 20 points for a race where we were gifted a very good ride by Jared Nossi on the day and, and we a lot of things went our way. So um, it's, it's going to be hard to find winnable race. In saying that, we went out in the uh, three-year-old features last year and the Faritha was the last time we were over 1,400 and we were arguably a, a pretty good thing beaten because of the barrier behind Red Can Man giving Red Can Man weight. So we are a really good horse. Um, I don't know if I'm trying to talk this up or down at the moment. <laughs> you're, I'm, you're half I'm, pregnant I'm, at the moment. Sorry. I'm caught in limbo. <laughs> Look, I've marked Dig Deep 10 bucks. There's 11, 12 available. I'm, I'm not sure what the market does. I suspect we get a little bit longer than that. I'm Kelvin's the obvious to me, but with the conditions of the day, ex- expected not to suit horses leading and racing without cover. It's hard to come hard to come at Kelvin. And the one that stands out to me is um, is Canvassed, if Canvas can repeat. Um her first up run last campaign or fresh run last campaign where she's run uh, second to KC and was huge behind KC. So, Belmont, I mean, if you're getting a, Guineas, if, yeah, yeah, in a Belmont Guineas. So, if you're getting a similar run to that at the eight, nine bucks, I think Canvas is probably your bet here. I hate to say, BJ. Mm. Again, the kit conditions on the day, the pattern on the day are going to be pivotal. Kelvin's a really, really tough, strong, on speed horse. He usually needs a run um, fresh, but Cheesy went well first up behind MTA and Dom to shoot first up over fourteen hundred meters. He um, Fred Hors, Fred Kersley's horses obvious um, can progress and elevate as their uh, as their preparation moves forward. I expect um, Kelvin to be a I guess a superior version of himself. Second up, um, tightened up. He, um, Jesus is going to take some catching regardless of- He gave of, me an easterly on yeah. the clarity I reckon yeah. about. Yeah, I reckon you could be onto something there, Terry. If, uh, if, the, condition, if, if the conditions aren't too disadvantage, disadvantageous to leaders, then Kelvin just about looks the one. I landed on, on canvas as well, um, thinking that it's, it's early, it's going to be a day for, for cover and, um, and, uh, and canvas can, can go back with- Sean O'Donnell in, in in the saddle and um, and get one one crack at them late. Uh, so um, I'm I'm in alignment again with with Terry. But Kelvin out in front is going to take some catching. Expecting significant improvement from Dig Deep. There's a couple of horses who've just lost their way a touch from the Harrison Yard in Jericho Missile and Chicks Pick. Like yeah, hard to place them. Yeah, have to put on the apprentices and yeah it's 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 they're just difficult to place 1400 for both is a query as well yeah and paul harvey going back on the position of power will be a bit of a um a positive for, for a lot of punters out there but for me i'm it's either going to be a horse that's going to be getting back and running on in canvas or a horse that's going to be out in front free willing and that's that's kelvin do you do any form for the races you you're not a part of or no you just you haven't no. you've had enough of it basically by that stage yeah i i no, I don't get caught up in races. I'm not in really. I, I watch them, but I don't haven't done the form. Try and uh, think. Oh, hang on. I wouldn't mind the ride on that one. Or oh, hang on. You don't think? Oh, hang on. They've uh, they've stuffed that up. I might give them a call and see if I can uh, snag that ride for next start. Oh, well, I'd rather just <laughs> wait and watch the race. If I see a horse run a good race, then I might get onto it. Keep an eye on. I like that. Ah, uh, so yeah, uh, canvassed for me, BJ. But uh, as I said, if if. It's a good one to wait for the day, and if um, if leaders are suited or leaders are running strong races, I think Kelvin will be super hard to get past. But I think Dig Deep can win. Very good. Uh, it's time for the Mundaring Hotels Mastermind.
competition. That's right. The Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, drop in and see the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say good day and let him know you are a 1-1 listener. Congratulations to last week's WA Racing Mastermind winner, thoroughbred horse trainer, Jeremy Eastope. The uh, $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail, Jeremy. Congratulations. Impressive stuff. Yeah. He's training all right as well. He's, he's got a, I wouldn't say he's got the best cattle at the moment, but they're all running better than their SP, which I think sort of gives you an indication that someone's um, training quite well. He's, he trained um, quite a few winners in in his younger days, and then he went across to Victoria. I think we'll chat off air, Brad. Might have gone and done some work for Peter Moody and maybe a couple of other stables, but he's back in Western Australia training at the moment, and um, he's got a winner up in the uh, Mastermind competition. Mm. So good on you, Jeremy. Hopefully a few more winners to come. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so to be crowned this week's Mastermind, you'll need to answer the following four questions. We've added a fourth because there's four features on Saturday. So, um, yeah, four questions correctly. Question number one, RJ, otherwise known as Bob Peters, won his own race for the very first time in 2019 last year. Name the horse. Question number two, name the horse who is lining up in the Ascot Gold Cup for the third year in a row on Saturday. So yeah, after Saturday, it would have been in the last three. Question number three. Oh. Name the trainer Brad Parnham teamed up with to win the 2016 Champion Phillies Stakes aboard Samover. Samover? Samover? And the last question. Question number four. Which of these is not a past winner of the Colonel Reeve Stakes? Rock Magic, Malibu Style, Durandal, and Flirtini. They are the four questions for this week's Mastermind. Direct message your answers to us at the 1-1-Pod on Twitter and you can be in the running for that $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring Heart of the Hills since 1899. How'd you go? Uh, I think the first three we've got on the we've got. Oh, definitely got one and three. Yep. I think we've got. Is number three right? Yeah, number three's number right. Number three's right. <laughs> number three's right. How do, how do we go? Three out of four. Which one's wrong? Four. Oh, I thought so. It's, it's the second horse, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, oh, I'm not, not sure. Oh, hang on, that's not, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brad, Brad middled it, obviously, being the WA Racing mastermind uh, fanatic he is. He got all four questions. Yeah, correct, okay, no doubt. Yeah, right <laughs> so uh, moving on now to race number five. Ah, oh, here we are, the RJ, Bob, mm. Peter's Stakes, 1,500 metres, group three, the Final lead up, winning you're in to the railway stakes, the million dollar railway next Saturday. And uh, the Cerise and White um, themselves, Peter's Investments, the All Conquering, they have the two major winning chances in the name raced in uh, RJ Peters' honour. Yeah, it's a thin looking, um, thin looking. Peters. RJ, yeah, it certainly mm. is. Um, interested to ask Brad here, with a, with this type of race, I, I don't know how much you guys sit down the night before and, and nut it out, but there's there's absolutely no speed engaged whatsoever. You've drawn right near the outside on a horse that's obviously on a um, Perth Cup campaign. Yeah. 
Is it a race where you think, well, we, we, we might as well roll the dice and roll forward, or do you think that's not beneficial to the horse's campaign going forward? What What's sort of the, the thought process here? Yeah, like you say, I, I looked through it and noticed that there doesn't appear to be any pace. So, um, look, I, I'm not really sure. I'll, I'll obviously have a chat with Dad and see what way he wants to go, but mm-hmm. – um, I thought I'd probably head back because he's on that Perth Cup yep. campaign um, trial. But, yeah, I don't know. If if it turns out that there's no speed and he jumps well and being forward isn't a bad spot, then I might just roll the dice and go forward. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say at this stage, you know, probably looking like he might get off him a little bit, which isn't really going to be favourable to him. But um, Bigger fish to fry. Probably, yeah. That, I'd say that's probably... Likely. So his power, he's been of, good. power of deduction, who leads? Oh. Because 11 seconds couldn't go, couldn't jump the other day, 11, right? And uh-huh. it's trials. Hasn't been able to jump either. Hasn't been, it's obvious, but yeah. it hasn't been able to get near him. I reckon the Pierces will want to see Money Maher hit the line. Um, well, don't know that for right. a fact. So I think Money Maher goes back. Um, but he could he could lead the Fugazi maybe. Fugazi maybe could lead. Yeah, it's just it's incredible. This is. Uh, is I was speaking be, to someone yesterday. I think Flo might go forward. It's um, going to be interesting. The jockey's going to be looking around early well, to see who's. Uh, all I'll yeah. say is that you're not beating truly great or true attraction trying to out sprint them. Yep. Um, you're probably not beating. I don't think you're beating him anyway. To be honest with you. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite incredible. Moshard's a chance of leading leaders back here. Just about Moshard's not impossible from leading. I don't know if they if they ping and and they they roll. So it's it's quite incredible. It's not impossible. Truly great ends up out in front for for Chris, which I'm sure he wouldn't want to be out in front. But I don't, um, I don't reckon RJ would be too happy with that. No, he would he wouldn't be. But if they're going to go that slowly, do you want a horse um, reefing and tearing? So, but look, no, this this should really be a two horse race. Um, Happy to quickly analyse those two chances. Truly great. I, I haven't seen a horse improve this rapidly um, from what he was. Early doors, he looked like a reasonable conveyance, but he yeah. didn't look didn't look top line. You haven't been you haven't been convinced at all. Have no, you, like, I haven't. Uh, but now I'm I, I'm becoming convinced. So mm. first up over the mile, um, they went really slowly. Um, and he came from last grab, pushed a pass, who made that form look a lot better. The old boy. York Cup, mm. enjoyed that victory. Um, then came out um, and they went um, they went really quick over the 1,800 metres three weeks later. Um, and again, he just travels so effortlessly. Like He's actually a far better traveller than I, I spent a bit of time trying to line up Truly Great, Inspirational Girl and um, True Attraction. And Truly Great is by far the best traveller of the three of them. Best beginner as well, isn't he? Best beginner in the races. So, look, I, I think Truly Great's going to have the tactical speed to land – wherever he wants to here he may he may end up just about being in front by default i i'm not too sure but um geez true attraction can run a a sharp final 200 meters and true attraction stepping up to the 15 while truly great might be a touch more dour stepping down back to the 1500 so oh i think it's a complete two-horse race i've marked him a dollar 75 to three dollars 80 um. Yeah, probably shouldn't promote it, but I'd just be having a big whack at the Quinella, to be honest. If we can shop two dollars forty a Quinella, which might be ambitious, I think that wins by half the straight. Mm. Yeah, well, I've um follow, I followed truly great closely this preparation, and he's been really good. All and that the that race that he won last start was a very high rating race from mm-hmm. a speed point of view, and um he sort of. Yeah, geez, it was he was really strong, really strong, and um, but still looks as though he's he's got another level to go to. Like he's just he just keeps stepping up to the plate, stepping up to the plate. The interesting thing was he won a slow walk and sprint, 
first yeah, up two and then different races. and then second up he was still able to be dominant or d- decisive anyway in a uh, genuinely strong tempo race so he's got some strings to his bow uh I just, he put them together at the 300 this is a question Lockie taylor asked yep. um uh last week week before when uh, he put them together at the 200 and asked him to sprint i, I who who out sprints the other uh good question I, i'm i truly greats uh win where he, where he defeated push to pass two back i think he he like went four and a half lengths above mm. benchmark his last 200 yeah. so i just can't see true attraction coming from behind truly great yeah, and, and, i'm putting and, them next yeah. to each other somehow yeah. because this race could pan out in weird ways the yeah. way it is this could, there's weird things could happen you put them next to each other at the, t- at the top of the straight i'll take truly great yeah i'd probably just take true attraction okay put them together at the top of the straight just but um, yeah, there isn't much in it, and I expect truly great to have the head start. But uh, look, not a great version of the um, the Peters, but I think whoever does win it is a live hope in the railway with the minimum next week. Well, considering last year's, you know, there was it was a lot stronger edition. Yep. This is yeah, I think it's just 2020 COVID. Lots of different factors have come into play that have sort of um, sort of thinned out the the ranks. But regardless, it's um it's a nice race to win, and um, I don't know the way that the the conditions go on the day and the way that we might end up seeing um, our man Brad Parnham out in front trying to pinch it on Nerf Box. So Bit awesome. of a Matthew Ortier yeah. type of reckon. Good day. The only thing I will say with this market, and it might be, again, I think exotics are the way to go to this race. At the moment, your third favourite is Flo. Your fourth favourite is Moshard. What's fourth favourite? Actually, Moshard's, the, Moshard's third favourite in a group three. God, give me a spell. We're not copying that, are we? Gee whiz. Um, Money Maher should be a clear, 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 clear third favourite. What about I thought Money Maher was huge. Media Baron and Money Maher should be the third and fourth in line. Um, probably Nerf Bosk as well, actually. That's, Nerf Bosk has been really good in trials too. That trial behind Belt was really nice. So I just think I just think Moshard, um, Moshard's well, well under in that. I reckon that's the biggest unders for a horse I've ever seen. So sorry, Luke. I know Luke listens to this. So if he gets that one up, I reckon Luke's going to call me directly after the race and – Tell me what he thinks. Yeah, yeah interesting. He can, he can have that too if he does. He can, uh, <laughs> too I'll good. A, I'll get a statue of him erected on my front lawn, I think. Too good. Luke Fernie, if he can uh, win the RJ Peters on Saturday. So uh, we move forward into the card. Race six of the day is the Ascot Gold Cup. Here we go. Over the 1,800 metres. Sounds like Terry wants to take the lead. What have you got, Terry? Well, this, is our, this is Brad and my time to shine here, I reckon. This is, <laughs> a, uh, this is something I'm very excited about. Their price has been whittled away since yesterday. Um, but I've actually marked uh, – well, first of all, Brad, we should just touch on uh, you rode too close to Sun last start. Did you ride yes, too close? Yes, yeah, I you think. rode. So we should just touch on to this for the listeners. So you rode too close to Sun last start. Um, you're not on here, um, and that's to do with going forward to the Perth Cup, is it? Yeah. So that's what I was told. Joey's. Um, I think Joey's booked to ride too close to the Sun in the railway. So yeah, the railway. Sorry. Yep. So they wanted. Um, yeah, they obviously wanted the same jockey to ride it this week, and that's why he's on it. So. You know, I would have liked to have been on him. I think he's he's going to be very hard to beat. But well, I think my ride's also got oh, to have a good chance as well. Oh, I tell you what, <laughs> we're a bit excited here. I've been looking forward to this uh, to this particular one. It was actually $35, $40 with most of the agencies yesterday and I've just uh, lost my marbles to some degree. I've marked Friaresque a clear second favourite. Now, I felt, felt you had to have too close to Sun to the top, but with the conditions of the day, drawn wide, maybe it was a really nice fresh run. Sometimes the stayers don't perform as well second up after a nice fresh run. Um, 
Look, I, I I think too close to the sun has to be some some minor risk at two dollars sixty two fifty from the from the widest gate, but uh, Fry risk for Liz Strample. It's only had a few starts for Liz Strample. They have been some of the biggest runs you will see. So first up uh, over the. Uh, uh, 1400 was a really nice first up run for a new stable. First up for a tick over a year. Uh, second up on a uh, against Money Matters, Clint Johnston Porter Road from Barrier 10. Had to go back to dead last. Came down the center of the track. That was a day where the middle of the track was neg three, four lengths. Was beaten two. It was at the time, I remember telling you that was the run of the day, I think, BJ. So I was super on that. Came out in the Northern Cup, and that's that race we were just talking about where you hugged the rail with dance music. Yes. Friar Esk was down the uh, the centre of the surface, and to me that was the run of the race. We've seen how we've seen how bad the centre of that surface was by a few other runners. Western Empire was beaten four lengths in a maiden to um, Life for Life, who didn't do much yesterday. And Western Empire's then came out and nearly pinched a the Faretha um, after sitting deep the trip. We've seen push to pass come from a similar spot. Friarest was better than push to pass, come out and win a York Cup. Um, so th- the centre of that track was absolutely horrid, like, absolutely horrid. To run on like Friarest did and to finish fourth, beaten four, I reckon the centre of that track was neg four or five lengths. I think you swap the runs and I think – Friaresque beats dance music. I know there's a big name. Oh. I reckon 100%. 100%. So I'd mark Friaresque. But, but is Friaresque a bit one of those horses? 100% like? it is. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to be very flat after the race. But, <laughs> but I, I'm just – I completely sold. Obviously, at the track, 19 starts for, for no wins, 10 placings. It's a real place horse. And the price has been smashed now, as I said. The 35 was easy. The 16 still easy. That's still an easy each way bet for me. But, um, Brad, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, I, like I say, I, I give him a good chance to. <laughs> no, I, I think too close to the sun is going to be very hard to yep. beat. Um, he's a classy horse. But um, I think from my gate, I probably don't have to get as far back as mm-hmm. what he's been getting. He's been getting back near last. So, you know, if I can sort of be midfield around that sort of area and just working into the race, not having to go too wide. Um, yeah, obviously, like you said, in the – Northern Cup, he was finishing off really good when nothing really made ground mm-hmm. on that middle part of the track all day. So uh, it was, like you say, probably the run of the race. And, yeah, I, I give him a pretty good chance. I'd say, yeah, I'm pretty keen that he'll run a place and if things work out, I might be able to pinch the win. Jeez, you'll see me hanging over the fence giving you a big thumbs up if, yeah. uh, <laughs> if that's the case on Saturday. What's, um, what sort of field did Too Close to Sun give you the other day? Brad, was it was it your first time you've ridden him? It's the first time I've ridden him. Yep. Um, I was very impressed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I got beaten by a pretty good horse on the day. Railway fa- railway favourite? Yeah, yep. exactly. So, I mean, I know I had probably a, a really good run. Um, I was on the leader's back and I was able to sort of get out and get into the clear early on. But, yeah, I, I, I was really happy. I didn't expect over 1,400 that he'd run as good as he did. So Especially a race they walked as well. I would have, yeah, that's uh, right. I would have sort of attributed too close to some with a grinding sort of horse and not being able to pick up and sprint. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was a super, super effort. Yeah, it was. And, yeah, that's why I, I would have him down as the horse to beat in this yeah, race. 100%. Yeah, 100%. My uh, my take on it is I think too close to Suns are on the best of the day. Yep, um, just pr- it's all price wise. So what what price have you got him? What price? That's I the key. I had him two sixty. Two sixty. Yeah. So he's about that price at yep. the moment. So yeah. he um he went to Victoria. He won. I think it was a Terrain Cup. And then he won a Warnable Cup. And then he was a seven dollar chance in the race that called the Ramsden, the Andrew Ramsden. If you win that, 
you are exempt from the Melbourne Cup ballot and he was one of the major players in that. I don't know what happened that day, but everything went pear-shaped by the looks of things. And um, he's come back to, to WA. I thought his two lead-up trials were good. He ran out of his skin behind Inspirational Girl and beat home Red Can Man in the Asian Bow Stakes first up. Um, I think he's just going to come forward significantly. Lindsay Smith second up, up to the 1,800 metres. Positive tactics from Joey as a party, lands on speed, probably leads. Um, and I think ridden to his strength, I think he's just he's going to grind these horses into the ground and he could end up um, racing his way into railway states calculations um, next week. He's uh, on the fifth or sixth line at the moment. Yeah, is he really? Yeah, is, he that, is he that yeah. thin? Okay. Yeah. So, well, it's going to be interesting because if truly great or, or true attraction will win the um, Peters and then perhaps too close the sun comes out and wins the um, Ascot Gold Cup as the market suggests he will then that might add a couple of different dimensions to the to the railway mm-hmm. next week but I think he's I really like this horse and I always had an opinion of him and um, I think if too close the sun turns up and uh, breathing fire on Saturday I reckon he could easily take care of these yeah um, look I'm definitely not one thing I'll just make clear I'm definitely not knocking yeah, too yeah, close to sure. sun but it's just at $2.60 you've got to jump from the widest gate uh, potentially punching into a big um, a big headwind if he doesn't step super clean has to work a bit to get there yeah, I just think I just think the two dollars sixty is right on the mark. Um, but I, I can see what you're saying in regards to a a class perspective. And um, yeah, Brad will make sure he gives uh, Joey a little wave as he goes past him at the fifty meter mark. I reckon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The only other horse I mentioned is I know he was on the right part of the track the other day, um, but I didn't mind the northerly stakes run of Tell Him We're Coming. Ordinary, oh, the, ordinary in the Northern Cup. I was wasn't ordinary he? in the Northern Cup. Yeah, but yeah. just from a class point of view, I just don't know, like. It's probably D Day for him on Saturday. He'll yeah. he'll need to show something, otherwise it could just be about curtains for Tell. Uh, at twenty to one, I can hundred percent see what you're saying there. But there's one other horse we've got to back here, BJ. Okay. I did want to back Mystery Miss, but again, the, yeah. the market has changed so much. It was twenty six dollars all of yesterday. It's eleven now, so I'm going to stay out of Mystery Miss at that well, price. When I was doing the form last night, she was still nineteen dollars. I, I'm pretty I sure, messaged yeah. you last night saying they've cooked this market. Yeah. Watch it change dramatically tomorrow. Um, Fryeresk was the main one. I was really big, obviously at the thirty five, but I'm I'm still happy to tip it at sixteen dollars. Um, I'm happy to dip it at ten dollars. Plus, the other one we want to have something on, it's a horse that dipped last start. Lucy was really lucky, Brad, to stay on um, Noir de Rue. I don't know if you uh, – were you in, in that race? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, um, I was uh, two pairs behind her and, yeah, just caused a bit of a – Who were you on, uh, sorry? Uh, I can't even must remember, have been good, Must have been a no, good no, ride. <laughs> I was following um, – Naughty by Nature was in the race. Red Publisher, Western Pride was, was – Chris. Chris, yeah. You were following Paddy Shadow, eh? Paddy Shadow. Oh, that was a really good run. It was was, a good run. Paddy Shadow was a super run back then. Yeah, I was following Chris and, yeah, it just caused – a little bit of uh, interference when that happened, but well, look, yeah. Tri- I thought- tripped over his own feet, didn't he? No other is that right? Um, it was toe clip the toe clip, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I, I don't know if you know much about that, but sometimes they can, yeah, their toe clips on their shoes can sort of get caught up with each other and, yeah, just caused him to blunder. Is that, oh. a, is that another one on the list of, on how horses get beat? Well, yeah. it is one. I don't think, I don't think No Aru is going to win that, but um, I tell you what, the money that came in the Kalgoorlie Cup a couple of starts ago, um, was dramatic. Lucy was held up the entirety of the straight. Probably would have won that race at Missile Launch One. I, I just get the feeling on the one week backup, this is a race that Justin Warwick might have set him for. Um, I, I might be off the money, but I really like the way Nwadu hit the line again after nearly going down a, a week ago. So the I. We were pretty good at pinging out a Justin Warwick plunge a couple of starts ago with Comes the Time. I reckon this might be something that happens again here. So 41 bucks. 
I reckon this, this market's going to be wild tomorrow. Uh, yeah, Saturday okay. Well, I'm, I, I'm just going to make a couple of. I'll tell you just a little bit about this market. Double digits currently five dollars fifty. That that'll trade twenty bucks. Mm. He's a Parker is eleven. That'll forty bucks. <laughs> that'll trade eighty. Oof. I reckon that'll trade eighty bucks. Uh, too close to sun may hold price. It'll be all about. Pattern on the day. They're the major ones, BJ. They're, they're the two major. Oh, Royal Command at five fifty will trade ten, eleven, twelve dollars. So there's some there's Pam, some horses Pam, that are Pam just Pam Bella's twenty one dollars. Like she's gonna get out from there. Pam sure. Bella's gonna get out. I mean, oh, Dart Musket has already started to get mm. out. It was thirty, it'll, it was the same price as Friar. And at the moment Royal Command's five fifty. Will that hold up, do you think? Well, I would have thought that Chris would have been riding the pick of Bob's runners there and been on Mystery Miss, but I'm not I'm not certain how that works actually, mm. um, in, in that sense. But uh, look, the market was wild. It was a different setup. I won't get too deep into this, but a different agency was the first to go up. And when they're the first agency to go up, everyone sort of follows them, but they sort of have their own way of going about things and they can make a lot of blues so um yeah well ben anyone that was uh clued onto it yesterday was probably able to jag a couple of pretty sneaky nice prices but expect that market to change dramatically the the closer it gets to jump and um yeah as i said fryer-esque each way all day and something on Nwadaru at 40 bucks. Yeah, Easy the, race to bet. Bet fair exchange, all yeah. In. Good luck to Brad and Friaresque. Moving on to the big one of the day, the Group 3 WA champion Philly Stakes mm. over the Ascot Mile. Set weight for the three-year-old Phillies. Our man, Brad Parnham, our special guest, he is riding Kiss on All Four Cheeks, who will be looking to turn the tables on stablemate Schnickadoodle dandy after they finished 1 2 in the Burgess Queen Stakes on Melbourne Cup Day. Uh, they cleared out from the rest uh, to um, outstanding Dan Morton trained fillies. Tell us, Brad, gate two looks like another race with low pressure, no real speed engage. Maybe Terry can speak more to that, but what are, your, what are your hopes and dreams for the race, the way this race will play out? Um, yeah, obviously, I'm pretty keen on drawing. Barrier two, um, I think I'm going to lob on pace. Uh, maybe Salaya or something might go forward as well. But I, I had a look at it and I could possibly land in front. It, it doesn't really bother me if I am in front, but as long as I get her to relax underneath me, I think that's a big, a big thing to make sure I can get the 1600. Um, if this is really going to be dependent on how the plaque, on how the track is playing, um, but. Yeah, I mean, if I get a if I get a nice soft enough run, and Chris is sort of from his gate, if he doesn't begin well and he's stuck on the fence, I might be able to skip clear. And um, there's really not a lot between them. I think Chris's might have the wood on me over the sixteen hundred. But if uh, yeah, if the race works out in my favour, I'd say. I'm going to be right there in the finish anyway. Mm-hmm. So first up, you sat outside leader, 1,200 metres in a very fast race uh, at Ascot on the 17th of October and you pretty much, you beat him up really. Yep. First law, uh, ran second, 1.7 lengths. He was, where did he run? Super. Third in the yep. Faritha. Um, and then you've sort of, you began quite well in the Burgess Queen, didn't you? And you've landed basically 1-1. One, 1-1, one. One, one, yeah. And um, just got sort of zapped late by Snickerdoodle Dandy, who was, who, was, who was pretty strong. But as Terry said, Paps might have been on a uh, superior part of the track. 
Yeah, we were um, just talking before, and yeah. I said to Brad, you're from the wide gate, you've got the one-one, you couldn't have ridden a better race, but it was just that type of day where if you were held up for longer or if you got to the wider part of the track, um, you were almost better suited. So even though Chris had to come uh, from behind him uh, on Snickerdoodle Dandy, good race call, by the way, as I said before. Darren gets very excited about that <laughs> one. It's worth a, worth a listen on uh, with the volume turned up. Um, yeah, in my mind, I thought, I thought Brad's mount was probably the better of the two runs, um, to be honest with you, but there was geez, there was – very little in it, and um, yeah, I, I think that the market's a little bit skew-iffy. You've got $2.50 for Snickerdoodle Dandy, and you've got 6 bucks kissing all four cheeks. I, I can't see why there is such a disparity in that sense. And even Magical Dreams wedged in there at yep. 420. Yeah, it's fair enough. It's, the way the track's playing, fair enough, but there is such little speed in this that even if it is playing off pace, it's a race you could almost go forward in because you're not going to go quickly enough. And it, uh, like we saw that the other day with um, – uh, we saw it with Fanta and First Law. They walked yeah. in that Dom de Chute. Um, They walked in that race uh, last week and they were able to dominate and nearly hold on. I think they ran third and fourth. Yep, third um, and fourth. Yep. So, yeah, even if the pattern is playing that way, I'm I'm expecting um, – yeah, I think Kirsten All Four Cheeks is in, is in the finish here and has a lot better barrier man, as, as Brad mentioned, the Snickerdoodle Dandy too. Who's who's the wild card here? Who's going to say, "Oh, bugger this! I'm leading." So could it be one yeah. of the roughies like Sunset Cruise? There's your trouble. Or does D- Darren McAuliffe uh, send ask Lucy Warwick to send Salaya to the front? Because otherwise, the way that Brad Source begins, he could land in fault by land in front by default. Yeah, well, I've got um, – I've either got Brad – it all depends. I think if Brad wants to lead, he can. Yep. But I think the quickest horse out of the gates is Salaya. Salaya yep. So I think Salaya will either go forward and lead. I, if they try and take a hole with Salaya, I can't see where the cover comes from. Um, one horse I'm expecting to go forward, which I don't think many have uh, discussed, would do is I'm expecting Chicklet mm. to roll forward. Bit of gate speed showing, I thought. Enough gate speed from 13. They're not going to out-sprint. Um, she's not going to out-sprint Magical Dream and whatnot. But her two victories have been when settling in the first three, uh, albeit smaller fields and that's sort of where she landed from good gates. But I'd be rolling the dice here and saying in a race with no speed, let's go forward. And, it's um, probably a grand final, isn't it? Yeah, so. and let's go forward mm. and let's land in the breeze and let's see if she can run a, a cheeky race from that spot. But, um, look, for me, current prices – Kissing all four cheeks is the horse I've marked favourite. So uh, she is above my quote. I'm going to wait to see how the inside pad plays before hopping into her. But the one I've, I've backed already, um, it's still that price. At around the $15 mark is Salaya. Um, on now just watching the Burgess Queen on its own, you would say, well, Salaya had the run of the race on the rail, got out, had every chance. That rail was negative three, four, five lengths. And she's been beaten... 2.9. So, look, I think I think she's tightened up from that run. Darren's, even if it isn't suiting, she can probably go forward lead and, and get away with a not too strong a tempo. Um, so, look, I'm, I'm expecting Salah to run a big race. I've marked a third or fourth in line and around the $7 mark. And as you know, BJ, it's all about prices for me. So, at $15 each way, that's my bet for a half stake now and then I'll monitor the pattern of the day. If those on speed are suited or those on speed at least aren't too heavily disadvantaged, I'll be going again and having a reasonable each way crack or Joe also backing kiss on all four cheeks at the $6 mark. Yeah, I was $9 Salata as mm-hmm. well. So she's the one under my price but it wasn't it from from my um, doing the leg up prior to um, last night. I, I expect Snickerdoodle Dandy to win again. I think she's probably going to be even um, – even better suited up to the mole. Was a bit slow. Where does she get? What is it? Was a bit slow away um, in the Burgess Queen and and was, Belgravia was and l- her trial. Was lucky enough to get on the back of um, 
uh, what was it? Watch me dance in the three wide line and sort of got sucked into the race nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm yeah. I, where does she get? She probably even if she's a bit slow away, there's because of the lack of speed in the race can probably misstep and still still have nice enough stuff. have enough time to to make up any lost ground. Probably follows brother Brad really. Um, if if worse comes to worse, otherwise you might look to yeah. I imagine that he's going to want to track Brad throughout, or at least or maybe even have him inside him or whatever but um she's um she was probably a good thing leaked in the belgravia made amends in the in the burgess queen it's um there's no, no surprise she's currently two dollar fifty favorite that's um, thin isn't it yeah yeah i expect it to you want i'm expecting there to be money for magical dream i was trying to make a Pat, really pattern of the day yeah i was trying yeah. to make a strong case to i thought magical dream was was really really brave she in just couldn't defeat. get it to race truly in the straight and but also was that she lost a lot of ground like around the between around between the 12 and the, the thousand and just ended up getting and because you because it was a head-on shot you couldn't actually see how far um how far away she she ended up but when they when they went back to the side on view she, and Jade McNaught had to use quite a bit of fuel from the 800 just to get get into the race mm-hmm. um, and still for her to, to run on as well as she did yeah. uh, was significant I thought her um, Belgravia stakes win was super but yeah ha- can you really make a case uh, well, for for, Snick, for magical dream to be three four lengths off Snickerdoodle Dandy and kiss on all four well, cheeks that's what we were just and saying get that, past yeah the three major dangers are kiss on all four cheeks. Uh, Snickerdoodle Dandy and Salaya, and they're probably going to settle right on speed, right? Um, you know, so and they're probably not going to go all that quickly, um, knowing sort of what we're expecting from the pattern of the day. So she's going to have to make up ground on a slow tempo. So mm. she's really going to need conditions in her suit in the center of the track to be playing really nicely. If, if that is the case, then um, she comes right into it, but she's she's another one I think is under the odds at the moment. Okay, yeah, from a tipping point of view, I'm Sneaky Doodle Dandy. Wait for a bit more. I was hoping to get uh, a price with a three in front of it for oh, Sneaky Doodle might, Dandy. Yeah, you'll see a high three, I reckon. Yeah, right? yeah. high three. It's, late definitely, the- it's definitely a Betfair weight. Betfair exchange? Betfair weight and late. Late and white. Late and, late and white. Late and white. Late and white. And um, I'm expecting to see uh, – I didn't think – Watch Me Dance was too bad after having mm. a torrid run the other day. I think she can improve with a cover yep. on Saturday. And before we move on out of this race, mm. Brad, your father Neville and your brother Stephen have eliminate in the race. I thought she was an eye catcher in the Burgess Queen. What do you know about this playing god, Philly? Um, I, I don't know much really. <laughs> no, I've never ridden it, so I um, only sort of know what you guys have seen as well. But yep. uh, it's obviously drawn one, drawn a good gate. Yeah. And it seemed to be a pretty good run the other day. So um, it's probably going to run a cheeky little race anyway. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't think it's going to be able to get near um, my horse or Chris's horse. Yeah, I think it's a length or two of those. Okay. All right. So it's um, there's a bit else happening as well. I think lots of people will be liking to to – Follow this recent wide in with Magical Dream and and Terry's pretty keen on uh, on Soleil at the prices, so it's a it's an interesting edition of the Champion Philly Stakes. And I wonder, do you think the Phillies uh, ha- have a, an edge on the Colts and Geldings at the moment, Terry? Potentially, it's, that was such a hard race to to get a read on. I mean, Brad came from what, about three back the fence with Calaro type yes. thing and, and got through the gap. And the way Calaro actually picked up and sprinted on the slow speed was really quite impressive. Um, but they just they went so slowly in that race. It's it's going to be hard to line up the numbers in that sense i still i've still got a lot of time for dom to shoot who ran the quickest last two of the day yeah um after not being suited but um going for, towards the guineas if say we see western empire and then we see magical dream which way william pike goes will be really really interesting it will yeah mm. pa- yeah that um and 
On another note, what's uh, what, do you, what have you got the ROI there for a D Morton and B Parnham lately? Oh, have High? to follow that up. It would be significant. So it'd be significant. significant. Yeah, it'd be uh, yeah, through the roof. I'd suggest. Yeah, well, da- yeah, Dan would be very happy with it. He, he's sort of. It's interesting how you guys have sort of, you know, I mean, it's not interesting. It's probably it's that time of year as well. But you guys have sort of hit form at at, at the at a really. You know, at the right time, I suppose. But he's just Dan had a bit of a lull there for a while, and then all of a sudden his horses have just have just um, elevated. With it. I suppose there he's got his class horses in in work and they're targeting. But he's always got a good horse in his stable, hasn't he? So it's good camp oh, to be yeah. aligned with. He just yeah, works sure. just works two months a year, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other feature of the day is the Group Three Colonel Reeve Stakes, eleven hundred meters. The Traditional final lead up to the $1 million wait for age winter bottom stakes two weeks from now, Terry. So, Brad, our man Brad Parnham, he is riding Indian Pacific. Favourite. Favourite. Mm-hmm. Last start winner of the uh, Crawford Stakes. He, it's 28 days between runs. Did we did we miss the Prince of Wales on purpose, Brad? Yeah, that was always intentional. He um, He's... He, it's no secret he hasn't got the best knees, so um, Dad sort of didn't want to over-race him with the plan that he wanted him to peak in the winter bottom. Um, but he's had enough work into him that his fitness levels are right there, so that's not really a concern. Um, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty bullish with his chances here. I, I think um, he's obviously going to land on speed. I, I would have loved to seen Condor Heroes go to that 66 plus <laughs> and not be in this race. What but about doing one it horse? Could be, it could be an advantage if, uh, you, if you step. Yeah, Do you know yeah. one horse you probably you probably wish wasn't in the race as well? Barracky Barracky Beats. Beats, yeah. On his day, he can <laughs> jump and muster and he's drawn one under you. Oh. You will just be absolutely, yeah. let's just say disappointed if Barracky Beats kicks up and you're forced to breeze outside of him. Yeah, it would be disappointing. But I, I, <laughs> look, I do think <laughs> yeah, Indian right. Pacific <laughs> – Jumps quick enough that I'll cross him. Yeah, I think um, so too. I think so too. And yeah, look, the way Condor Heroes races, I, I would imagine I just have to let that go and yeah. um, sit on its back. And yeah, I, I mean, I, the reason I was saying I, I wish it wasn't in the race is because I think if Indian Pacific found the front and didn't have to work too hard, he'd probably be unbeatable from that spot. But um, yeah, or, no, he's he's uh, he's still gonna be. Yeah, he, he should get a night, even, nice even, run. He might even find the front, like he might even find the rail in front in a way. If Condor Heroes begins he, well and and yeah, and Shawnee lets you him roll. Want to see a similar start from Condor Heroes as we did last start, where he uh, stands in the gates. Or uh, well, yeah. actually, I don't know because if it does that, then then, then I will be in front, and then, and then, then he's going to pressure me. Yeah, but if yeah. he just goes from the get go, it might be right. I might be sort of on the fence still, but he's setting a good tempo and dragging mm-hmm. me into it too. So. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, if I if I get a nice enough run, he's he's going to be very hard to beat. So he's he resumed in the Crawford. So you you're tracking Mervyn throughout, and then Mervyn gave a cheeky little kick, didn't yeah, he? And did he you was think like, you're in trouble there? I did a little bit. Mm. Uh, I was probably more concerned with horses making a run at me late Stage, man. that I just allowed Mervyn to get a bit on me, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I thought halfway down the straight I'd messed it up, but <laughs> luckily. Uh, in him, Civic putting the big strides late and got the job done. But yeah, Mervyn was 
run a probably a career best it race was, that day. Yeah, it was uh, it was super. If you watch that, if you watch the final fifty meters of that race, what I really liked from India Pacific was Stageman wasn't taking ground off um, with a hundred to go. Stageman should have got you. He's yeah. he's sort of half a length, three quarters of a length off you with a hundred to go. You just expect Stageman to outsprint India Pacific from that point. So for India Pacific to hold on and sort of. I don't know if he was going away from Stageman in the line, but Stageman wasn't taking ground off him the final 20, 30, 40 metres. That's a sign of a good horse, I reckon. Yeah, he refused to get beaten mm-hmm. that day, didn't he? Just sort of pinned pin yeah. years back. and um, So, yeah, it's uh, he's a really, really good horse, isn't he? So, is that – when you say that it's well known about his knee issues, is that something that he's tr- been troubled with throughout his career? He's only had the – this will be his ninth start on – Yeah, Saturday. so he he had a slight injury after his first ever trial. I think Troy Turner rode him that day and he won well. But, uh, yeah, he's just – he hasn't got the best of knees. Um, yeah, I've sort of spoken about that before, post um, – after he's won before. So um, it's just something that – dad monitors and keeps a good eye on and and make sure not like to have him fit enough but not overwork him to the point where he's feeling him so would the would a bit of rain around be in his i, I favor? it probably would be yeah but no, it wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be a disadvantage if there wasn't i, I don't think so i yep. mean he's he's one on faster tracks as well so yep. yeah Probably like the Westerly just to die down for a minute and a half as well here in the Arvo. I hope possible. so. <laughs> so but uh, it's it's really interesting. As I said, I, I've done the map for the, the winter bottom and <laughs> I actually have. Well, I have. It's important. Like, yeah. You can tell what the final field's going to be. There's not going to be Baraki Beats or Condor Heroes in no, the, uh, in the winter not. bottom. <laughs> like, it's it's quite incredible how good a map – I know it's a long way out and things can change, but, um, yeah, I think Indian Pacific's already a leader um, in the winter bottom. So even if you get taken on here and things don't go to plan or whatnot, I, I think big picture it could be quite exciting for um for Indian Pacific followers. So yeah, watch this space. You got Indian Pacific on top top terrain? Oh, I, I I want to have Indian Pacific on top, and I, at this stage I probably this is a race I'm not going to probably tip at this stage because I just think it's so important to monitor how the track's playing. Um, I I had Indian Pacific holding up from Condor Heroes. That's the thing. I, I, I so it's a. Uh, yeah, a lot of the race cards funny because Baraki Beats will be 200 to 1, Condor Heroes 30, 40 to 1, and they play such huge roles in a race. You know, horses that, oh, they simply cannot win the race, you wouldn't think. Um, I guess Condor, um, if, if jumped and skipped, you never know, but um, they play such massive roles in a race of this nature. So, look, it's going to be really um, pattern-based for me. There's just one thing I want to point out, though, BJ, looking ahead at the futures market for the um, the winter bottom, which I've mentioned 14 times now. Um, Stage man is about 12 bucks and Celebrity Queen is 51, right? Celebrity Queen. um, In this race? No, in the winter bottom. 51, Celebrity Queen. 12 stage man they've got the same weight differential and the same jockeys on i presume that they'll have on for the winter bottom celebrity queen's 51 dollars uh sorry celebrity queen's five dollars stage man is six dollars so celebrity queen's a shorter mark a lot of that would be because stage man's already qualified but as i said if elite street's going to get a run as an 82 rider celebrity queen's an 83 rider celebrity queen will get a run out of elite street and i i think there's going to be a spot in the 16 for celebrity queen so she'll only have to finish top three in this to get a penalty and um assure herself of that start but um look if 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 this market basically mirrors mine. I've got Indian Pacific on top, but it's not at a bet price for me. Neither Celebrity Queen. But if you're looking for an interest in the race, you can do worse than having something on Celebrity Queen at 50 bucks for the um, winter bottom for the winter bottom stakes, I think, yeah. Because there, there shouldn't be such a big differential there and then no differential here with Stage Man. So. I, like, I'm a huge Indian Pacific fan, but I can't understand why Stage Man is 
sort of six dollars compared to when he's lining up against some of those. What am I missing here? I've, I've, oh, marked, I've, I've marked Indian Pacific and Stage Man equal favourites. No, I've got Indian Pacific clear favourite. Right. Yeah. Even with the even with the wind, if. If you gave me an easterly in a nice warm day where it was really definitely going to suit those on the rail and rolling along, I don't have Indian Pacific even shorter probably. I'm, I'm nervous about the conditions, nervous about Condor Heroes. But Stage Man, just how genuine. Missing kicks, not getting past Indian Pacific to start before. I'm, I'm aware the rise to 1100 is going to suit dramatically, but I'm just worried about how genuine Stage Man is. That's well, all. He won the That's black all. art three starts ago. He did. He did. I, I just – yeah, I don't know. When a horse misses a kick, when a horse doesn't – there's just just aspects of the way he races, back marker over a short journey. Um, um, I've marked him second fight. I've actually marked him shorter than Celebrity Queen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not much in it. I've got him 530 versus 650. Um, yeah, that's that's the main reason. Always love over the shorter journeys, having a horse that just jumps, runs and rolls as well. Yeah, yeah, I get on it. Top, so. I, yeah, I, I marked him equal favourites. Uh, 440 stage man, 440 Indian Pacific. So at the moment, uh, stage man is uh, the, the value from that point of view. Current market stage man, about $556 Indian Pacific. Three ninety. What's the best available, Terry? Yeah, about yep. four bucks. About four bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna forgive. I don't necessarily. I think he began well in the Black Art Bart Stakes. I think he just got back a long, um, a fair way in the Crawford because he drew eight in the thousand meter race, which was um, a very fast um, thousand at that. Uh, and the other day, I think he hit the did, the, did he hit the um, petition jumping out of the gate the other day? Was that the problem? Yeah, it might have been. Anyway, he's got back to last. It was a big, big run, um, steaming home to run fourth, beaten uh, just over a length behind Valor Road. Uh, Clint Johnston Porter back on board. If he can just get him to begin evenly and have how many in this field? This four. If he can land midfield or a pair worse than midfield and just be within striking distance. And uninterrupted run. She's stage man. He's got some closing speed, man. I, I'm, I'm thinking he can, he can almost gun down Indian Pacific. Mm-hmm. He'll be, he'll be out in front and looking the winner for a, a long, long way. Uh, Indian Pacific, uh, obviously the horse to beat on top of the speed. If there's any horse that's going to be able to run him down, I reckon it's going to be stage man. That's the way I see the race. I like yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. If it's again, it's all about pattern on the day for me sorting those out in front i'll be with indian pacific otherwise i think it's stage man or i think celebrity queen's a bit untapped i think they're the two that chase hard and go late current you, prices actually at, at the current prices the only one that's a bet for me is probably stage man i said yeah. about 540 at six bucks but i'm what, not not going to get involved what about yet, the um the 11 year old rock magic imagine if he could well, that would be a freak performance wouldn't it if he can still Win a race at this stage of his career. It would be, yeah. Right. I, th- I think he... Uh, Jeez, I don't he was know good, though. <laughs> he was good. He was good he in was the Prince of He was good. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, it's a, it's a... It's it's very rare that you see, like, these really good horses, the 100-plus Raiders, and then you've got horses down the bottom, like a, a Battlestorm's only an 80 Raider, but he's sort of in the market. Celebrity Queen's an 83. We haven't even Mankind's discussed, we haven't even discussed Flirtini yet. Yeah. Flirtini's been targeted to race because Flirtini races best first and second up, so obviously targeted the winter bottom. This is a specific plan. She's another one if you're looking at futures market. She's 35 bucks. She's guaranteed a start. Um well, yeah, yeah, I think I think Fle- the when I did my futures market, Flirtini um, and uh, Celebrity Queen are the two that came up quite big overs. I'm not, ex- I'm, I'm expecting trekking to be super hard to beat. Don't get me wrong; it's a rarity that Pike's not riding for Bob. Um, so and uh, and Indian Pacific at nine ten bucks is actually slightly over my winter bottom price as well, actually. Um, but yeah, as far as this race goes, just a, a good one to watch. We'll sit back and cheer for Brad. Okay, so and just before we leave this race, if you're if you do have a 
if you are on Facebook, there uh, Durant Racing, uh, Adam Durant put out a video during the week about um, track work at, out at his property where um, starting stage man was. He showed stage man working alongside state attorney. Watch them. You watch them gallop. He walked you through what happens with them, what he does with them after they gallop, and and then what happens, you know, post post that in recovery as well. Fascinating stuff. It was really really good. I don't know if any of you guys caught it, but it was really really cool to to see, uh, you know, top trainer Adam Brown in action and and uh, just how how things work out at his out at his property. And looks like he's going to be um, producing some more insightful videos on the on the platform. So if you're on Facebook, go to Durant Racing. It was very interesting stuff. So. Yeah, check it out, Guru. Very good. Mm. All right, BJ, we've come to the last. Jason, this is a, a difficult finish to the day in the Get Out Stakes. S-T-E-K-E-R. <laughs> 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 oh, no, that was going to take into episode 51, but we've uh, oh, I've absolutely you got to hear yourself there. Hang on, let's, let, let me read this. S-T-E-A-K-S. BJ. The extremely popular Get Out Extremely steaks. popular. Brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Cannonvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show. Swing past, say good day. Timmy and his team will take very good care of you. Congratulations to last week's winner, Daniel Cripps. Mm. Cripper. <laughs> Jeez. Cripper, the one one, uh, the Wild West and the one one's very own Daniel Cripps. Uh, he his 1.32 length prediction for Elite Street, courtesy of uh, Brad Parnham. Well, he was nearest the official 1.28 length margin, and he's uh, he got the he got the stakes last mm. Sunday, the Get Out Stakes. Well done, Cripper. Wonderful, um, Jag. Well, we're doing the Wild West in a couple of hours. I wonder if he's going to cook me up a nice little uh, nice little tea bone. Yeah, you don't, weren't too impressed with Cripper claiming. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew I'd hear about it. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, so well done. So in order for you to be in the running to win a gourmet beef package from Market City Meats, enter the Get Out Stakes on at the 1-1 pod on Twitter. Uh, who you think will win race nine at Ascot on Saturday and a decimal winning margin. Remember the Sam White rule, first in, best dress, Terry, race nine. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I got, I got no idea. This is a uh, just throw Brad under the bus. Brad, who's going to win? Yeah, Brad, tell us, tell us who's going to win the last. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I must say, I haven't had a great look through. But <laughs> well, you're. Let's uh, just, I'll you're have a quick look. Let's just say Rebel Knight. Yeah, I, Rebel Knight's the obvious, really. But I Brad mean, has been living the dream recently, hasn't he? Yeah, well, but living, <laughs> dreams, living the dreams out. <laughs> it's out. It's yeah, living the yeah. dreams oh. out. Yeah, living yeah. the dreams out. So, that's why um, I haven't really looked. No, that's yeah, when did it come out? He'll be on his way home by this stage of the day. So. Oh, look, BJ. Brad, Brad can enter the get-out stakes, so he doesn't have a ride. <sighs> look, this is um, this is ordinary. Look, Rebel Knight's one going the best. It's weighted nicely up to the mile one week back up. It ticks a lot of boxes, but not beginning all that well, and I can see a lot of speed coming across. I can just see Chloe in a bit of a tough spot with Rebel Knight. Um, doesn't make me want to dive in at the 440. Expecting big improvement MTA, but at $5.50, that's that's not a, a backable price. I've marked it around that. Um yeah, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't really know. I think, <laughs> I think, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I think one also can run a, a pretty big race. It was probably, it was arguably the best run on Melbourne Cup Day. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was arguably the best run of Melbourne Cup day. It was Rosie Redress um, with Sasha Starley for the for the Brian Rogers camp. Um, got up on a on a cold rail, flashed through. It was probably stiff not to win it. In all fairness, can run some big races fresh, Rosie. If the centre of the track's playing well. You never know. I think the 35s will be more like 80s come closer to jump. But um, This nah, could look. be wild, this race. Could oh, it? it could be, yeah. It, it gives me that feel. Naughty by nature will come down the centre. Barra Magic goes pretty well fresh. Uh, Elementary will scratch the gates last week. Forget that. That's all good. If the middle of the track's playing well, it's, it's not impossible. Three wide line cover. Aconite can come at it. Phone me is one I'm expecting mm. big improvement from. Chris Parnham's on phone me over a few others you would have had the choice of. I think that's pretty telling here. Um, yeah, Chris Parnham not on Rebel Night. I found that quite odd. So Has he opted for phone me? No, nah, the weight was 61 last week. There's no reason they, they don't go with the um, – they opt for the claim here. I, I can't see the reason why. I reckon so. he's probably chosen phone me. Maybe the Michael Lane. Potentially. Phone me Michael could be Lane one on the rise. So, look, yeah, I've just named about nine horses. I, I don't. I got no idea. Phone, phone me is the one I get the feeling um, – the lane camp have a have an opinion on it might be the one on the, on the, on way, the way up, up. but yeah. Um, yeah i'm not taking eight bucks so um there won't be my stakes this week i thought you yeah i was, I was suspecting you were going to come up with yeah well i suppose uh, rosie rosie oh uh, what about what I about, about every, what about if, i think i just named every what about horse scoreline race? gets i remember a scoreline won that race uh, that, a yeah. million to one last year yeah, so. no, scoreline wins this that'll do me i think so yeah yeah i'll retire uh i thought i thought i've been quite impressed with rebel knight he was three wide no cover in a fast race by an mta dom to shoot uh two starts back then um chris parnham rode him last week in a 1400 meter race and he was sat right on top of a very hot speed and um everything else on speed dropped off however he still fought on gamely under 61 kilos and was beaten 1.4 lengths one of the one of the better runs of the day i thought that was super super tough uh chloe has a party on board from a from a low draw terry is right there's going to be plenty happening early uh horses rushing across from wide draws to potentially take up the running if chloe can keep her head stay off stay one off the fence maybe land fourth fifth sixth seventh something like that with rebel rebel knight um i'm expecting genuine genuine speed uh this is if he's going to win one this prep i reckon this is his race rebel knight low draw weight dropper has got those two hardened platform runs under his belt yeah i just think he's ready to win rebel knight but um i won't be losing on naughty by nature that's for sure terry i reckon she was very stiff uh, last week in the race, where, walked. Mm. in the race where Nwadaru almost fell, and there were several horses who were impacted by that. She was one of them, and she still carved out uh, really good sectionals. But where she, CJP high draw, she's going to be back and wide. It's going to be there's going to be so much is going to have to go right for Naughty oh. by Nature. But if she, um, I would fair late this race, yeah. isn't it? Seriously, yeah. wait yeah. for a pattern and just the, the, all the prices just aren't there for anything. Yeah, but they're the, they're they're my two. I'm I think this is the race for Rebel Nine. I, I won't be losing on on Naughty by Nature and mm-hmm. Phone Me was was my third third selection in my in the leg up. Uh, who knows, mate? And even the top weight Aconite was pretty good, wasn't she? On Melbourne <laughs> Cup days, I think we've successfully named <laughs> all sixteen runners plus an emergency. Oh, and I the, have the, named an emergency. The only two runners that we probably haven't mentioned are Mark Wright's two emergency. Yeah, well, <laughs> two of your two of your all time favourites, aren't I'm, they? Not I'm again, Ken and Region uh, Star. <laughs> I'm just gonna take the field, I think. That's that's the easiest way here, FD. So. Tell you what, if you if you earn the uh, if you win the meet this week, you've uh, you've done uh, you've done very well. I do suspect Rebel Knight will be very popular. It makes a lot of sense um, with a, from a speed map point of view. I, I just think it might get a little bit further back than than they'd probably want to. But yeah, good luck.
Good luck. I, I just hope I'm well in front coming to the last because I'm not getting out. Okay, it's time to finish our preview with our Betfair best betting propositions of the day and our Maddies. So rather than giving us your uh, best betting proposition of the day, Brad, what horse are you most confident of uh, among your six rides now? Yeah. Who's, um, uh, who's the top seed? Uh, I'll, I'll still stick with Indian Pacific. Yeah, I'd say he's my probably my best ride for the day. Um, I don't know if he's probably the best betting proposition. Oh, what's he, about $4 or yeah. something? Man. Yeah, I don't know, but I think he's my best ride. And your roughest ride, I think we just worked out, was uh, Nerf. Friar-esque. Friar-esque. Yeah. Terry's pretty keen on him, so yeah. he could be could be one. I was surprised that wasn't his best betting. Could, best <laughs> ride of the day. Could be could be, uh, could a be best and a maddie. Brad Parnham. Yeah, I think hey? so. All up. All up. Take the 60 to 1. <laughs> yeah. Who's your Betfair best of the day, Terry? Uh, my Betfair best. Uh, uh, it's a ding-donger between home in five at the 440. It's mm. well above my price. And um, I know Friaresque, at, at $35 each way, Friaresque was such an easy best of the day by a mile. 16, obviously, which it currently is. It's being snipped away at. Um, the 16 bucks is, is less exciting. But um, look, I'm going to find it hard to split the two, BJ. Can I take two this week? Oh, why not? It's our yeah. podcast. Home in five and, uh, and Friaresque yeah. each way. Okay, I was very keen home in five as well, but I've ended up with my Betfair best being too close to the sun. I think he's a got a class edge on that lot. Uh, the market will be interesting if he can push out a bit towards high twos. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a three in front of his name, but he might. Can, mate, pending, if, if pending it's weather, shooting horses yeah. pushing into it, yeah, he could he could pop out a little bit further. But he is a horse that when he's raced in Western Australia has been he's attracted supporters and support. Yeah, so yeah, me I'm. Me, I'm settling Me. on too close to the sun as my bet fair best, hopefully with a bit of juice in the market uh, closer to start time. Uh, madness, insanity, madness. What, have, what have we got for well, the, the listeners? Well, I, I might be doing a first year and yeah. giving you a, a best and a maddie in the same race. Oh. I don't know if we're allowed to do that, but um, just, look, it's, it's a race, as I said, I really want to play some value in and Noida Root, 41 bucks, just a mile above my price. Uh, I get the feeling. I get the feeling. Could be wrong. There's a little bit of a sting coming along. Or I get the feeling there might when be a bit of confidence. So. Um, Noir de Rue. Noir de Rue. Noir, yeah, there, there, there Noir are, de Rue. There is a, I'm interested to see why Friar Fox is such a big price in that race as well. I thought she raced really well in the um, in the Goldfields Cup Series, Coolgardie, uh, Boulder and Calgary Cup. there's three horses so far under the odds, they're all going to pop out the door and everything else will have to shorten or a lot of the other ones will shorten quite dramatically, I think you'll find. Okay, so I with my um, Maddie, I end up settling on one knot. One knot's $21 in race three. Her best is really quite good. She's a class horse on her day. I saw Justin Erklund's one and Sean O'Donnell won the last yesterday. So uh, on uh, Vital Blast, was it the horse? Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, I just think from three one nights, going to get a really nice run. Might slip under the guard. Uh, currently just ticked over into madness territory. $21 on one of the corporates. One night is my Maddie for the day. Very good. I love how you just ping a mad. You haven't even mentioned it. And it just comes out. You got a very good record of doing that. No, eh? not really. Lately, oh, lately it's been a bit off. But lately, um, but yeah. I mean, they usually a lot. Of, yeah, they're running a lot of holes. So yeah. So I guess I'll hand over. To, oh, firstly, before I sign off. Anyway, thanks for joining us, Brad. 
Yes. And uh, it's been been really cool picking your brains and chatting WA Racing with you. And I'll uh, hand over to our man, Terry the Guru Layton, to, to finish off. Yeah, and no, I thoroughly enjoyed having you on, Bradley. Um, really excited. It was the day after we got whacking Tanker up as well. I still, <laughs> I still, once we finish, I might agree on that a little bit further just to find out uh, exactly how you did it. But uh, no, you're riding incredibly at the moment. As I said to you off air before, uh, you could just about jump off, chuck the horse on your back and get him over the line the, uh, the way you're travelling at the moment. So we'll, uh, we'll be down here on... Uh, on Saturday, cheering you on. Well, I'll be cheering you on in race six at least, as yeah, as you're fully aware. But uh, good luck going forward if we don't speak to you again um, with the winter bottom in particular, with Indian Pacific, the railway, with platoon, and what else is to come. And um, you're still chasing that elusive first group one. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I haven't got one yet, so I don't know. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, Fingers crossed. Platoon gets the right runs. You never know. Fingers crossed that uh, Indian Pacific or Platoon can get the job done for you. But we thoroughly appreciate you coming on. And uh, make sure everyone tunes in next week for the Railway, our big bumper edition, as I said, with Pete Anthonitz and Daniel Cripps. We'll be joined by – well, hopefully joined by BJ Ryan if, uh, if Child doesn't uh, – well, if, if Child times correctly. Yeah, my, my boy is too – Next Thursday. He's due next He's due Thursday. On the 19th, yeah. Jeez, wouldn't that be, uh, yeah, the one one year anniversary. So we often, um, in the AFL, who was the coach? We, we spoke about this the other day. It was uh, Lee Matthews, I think, used to say, don't have sex in... January, or whatever. <laughs> Don't have under- yeah. Anyway, so Jake, I've gone off. I've gone off topic a bit here. Yeah. I? So I could, I could be, a, I could be a late scratching. So, um, but um, I'm sure you guys will uh, man the fort and maybe get one of our other regular contributors to yeah. to jump on to make that uh, very first four man podcast on what will be our one year anniversary of the one one WA racing podcast. Very excited about that. Excited about the weekend to come. I'm going to be out here on Saturday. You probably will, won't be. Won't be out in. No, I didn't. Just a little shake of the head. I didn't think so. I'll be out here Saturday cheering home, dig deep. Hopefully, we can get the the big fella up this weekend. But uh, looking forward to what's to come in the carnival. Thanks again to Brad. And until next week on the one one.